Motorcycles and Misfits. Here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Lies. Did that yeah. sound convincing? Lies. No. Sure. It's hey. chilly. I had to put on long underwear. Oh, hey everyone, this is Liza. Straight up now, tell me. Do you want to really? How's that go? <laughs> Do you really want to love me forever? <laughs> you really want to love me forever? It's like, it's like Paula Abdul. <laughs> You're supposed to go, oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I did oh. it, I did it, I got For you. For God's sakes. I got you not. Oh. All right, thank you. Come on, that was over 30 years ago now. Yeah. It's hard to remember that shit. <laughs> yeah. Also in the room, if you didn't know, it's Knock. Yeah, she was hot, wasn't she? Yeah. Oh. Paula Abdul. Mm-hmm. Oh. You, the pre-crazy or post-crazy? Yes. You, you got to think yes. for crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. okay. <laughs> Running the board tonight. It's Bagel. Can you feel it? Player. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you feel it? <laughs> Only if I wash oh. my hands after. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Cold-hearted snake was the jam. I must say that. I yeah. grew, mm, anyways. Mm. On the birthday couch tonight. We have two birthdays in the room. Who could it be? It's Miss Emma. Yay. 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 Hey, Mickey. You're so fine. (laughs) You're so fine. You blow my mind. Or something else you blow. Hey, Mickey. (laughs) Hey, Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, darlings. Oh, that's a Hey, Mickey water penny. Is it? What? what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Happy, happy birthday, nonetheless. Hey, no, thank you, darling. Happy birthday. Yeah, and, and so glad you were born. To everyone um, who's liked and uh, put a comment on our little birthday photographs on Facebook. Which is nobody. Thank- <laughs> yeah, it's nobody. We're up to nobody. We're up to no likes and no comments. No, thank you all very much. It's 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 actually been a great birthday. Yeah. There's nowhere I would mm-hmm. rather be than here amongst my friends. Aww. Well, and mm. you share your birthday. With? It's Ben. Hello. Ben. Yeah, Ben. How old are you today? I am 17. And sorry, I don't have some sort of clever lyric from a song. I'm just not creative. <laughs> just but you've got a pixelated right. coffee You're, cup on your shirt. But you You're know fine. what? You know yeah. what, Super. Ben? You could change your last name to Dover and then get a career oh, no. in proctology. Oh, no. Wow. Well, they call him Big Ben Dover. Really? Because, well, is that right? Is that right? There's an office with Phil McCrevice. <laughs> Next to Dewey Cheatham Howe Law Offices. And, you hey, never really have to grow and, up here. Hey, would wow. you blow me? Wow. Ben, you need to grow a mustache immediately. <laughs> Emma, Emma, you said that we got a terrible. new review. Yeah, I think we did, and it was just one word. I think it was I, just idiotic I, one I, star. I can't, I, can't, and, I can't imagine why. And actually, I would have to say it's completely justified. So whoever sent that review, thank you. I like how there was effort to write the word idiotic, put one star, and rate us. Let yeah, away. well, I know it was spelled. It was spelled correctly. Oh, so, yeah. perfect. Well, thank you very much for that review. Uh, on the other side of the room, it's Scott. Happy birthday, son, and welcome to Motorcycles and Mischief. <laughs> so, it's going to be a long night. Once we night. get out of this room, I'm going to strangle you. It's going to be a long night. Oh, my gosh. And bringing up the caboose tonight, it's Naked Jim. Hey, and happy birthday, Emma. I, I wrote a poem for you. 
Oh, did you really? Yeah, it's guaranteed to offend at least a few people I'm thinking about specifically. Okay. <laughs> so Carry on then. Perfect. I wrote a poem for Miss Emma. Thank you. Sometimes I wish I was Enna. She'll give you a tug and throw you on the rug and cook your bangers and mash for dinner. <laughs> the old rubbing tug, huh? <laughs> I love you. I am very happy you were you, born. You, you, you know me you enriched so well. my life unbelievably. You know me so well, Jim. <laughs> I think you actually probably gave her the best gift today, a homemade birthday card. With, with, a, with a smiling willy within. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wee oh, willy. It was a very was happy willy. Laguna Seca. Well, there was plant material as well. Yes, no, there was. not that kind, Scott. <laughs> no, it was, a, it, was, it was a snipping from your garden. It was a wee Ooh. bit of heavenly bamboo nandina, yes. some would call Ooh. it. That's mm. just great. And an Ascot 500. All right, squirrel, as they say on Cleveland Moto Broadcast. <laughs> um, hey, guys, great, great. It's been great weather. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. wash yeah. your hands. Wash your wash hands your and, <laughs> yeah, and cough hands. into your shirt or something. I know we got to save MotoGP. Oh, there my go. God. And, because, and, um, yeah, everyone's got the... Uh, uh, the clap. Yeah, everyone's got the clap. But got the, uh, ev- the Budweiser virus or yeah. something? I don't know what the hell it's <laughs> called. <laughs> so, um, I want to say, though, I, it's been a while since I've actually been on a good ride. Mm. Um, I've just been right? so busy, and I got to go on a. I was going to say you yesterday. put that right yesterday, didn't you? Sure did. And I just wanted to share because um, uh, you know, Jim and I set out for a ride, and we threw in a little adventure. And you know when things just they work out every time. Mm. It was great. So um, we started out. We wanted to go to breakfast, and every every place was busy. And I, I remembered down in Watsonville in the industrial area, driving past the cafe, thought, let's just try it. You skipped the closed place where oh, we I went know. off-roading down the dog trail. Oh, that yeah. That was pretty cool. I Not know trail. that remember, place. Uh, yeah, remember when we went up to, um, I call it the nunnery. The nunnery? Up on the hill. Remember in his truck and we went off-roading? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The secret uh, walkway slash... Off area. Anyway, yeah, yeah we, go we ahead, went though, and rode. We went and rode it. Oh, nice. Hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of people with their dogs, and there was one guy telling us like, "Oh yeah, if you keep on going down there, and there's some stairs to negotiate, but it's really good." And Wait, like, <laughs> they give you a real <laughs> bikes? Just nice. go around it. Hold on, they didn't give you a rash of no. shit for being there at no. all. What? Wow. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So then yeah, we yeah. hit the so breakfast. That was we bomb. headed down to Watsonville to the Beach Street Cafe. Oh, yeah, Beach Street Cafe on Beach Street. Knock. You got to go check it out. You know when you just randomly try a new place and it turns out to be amazing. Is it good in the middle of an industrial area? In a wow. mi- yes. Where's I will tell you. Cafe. I will tell you. Uh, who used to go in the Beach Street Cafe quite regularly was Clint Eastwood. Ah. It's one of his, or it used to be one of his favorite haunts. It's a great little cafe. It's just a little old place full of, you know, just... And Truck, it's, truckers it, and farmers and yeah. right. farming and truckers. Right, and it's right there amongst all the coolers in Watsonville. And oh. This is in Watsonville? What sold yeah. me is, is a, I'm a big Huevos Rancheros fan, and it, not only did I do a Wicked Good Huevos, but it comes with carne asada. Oh, fantastic. Oh, bomb. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. And, you know, I think she she's she's probably shuffled off to a heavenly reward now. But when I first started going in there, oh, God, 25 years ago, oh, shit. there was the grandma, the abuelita, yeah, was abuelita. sitting in the corner cutting the cactus. Yeah. And she was yeah. cutting cactus um, um, in the corner, and you'd have cactus with Nepalis. your breakfast. It was fantastic. Nepalis. I'm looking at the food and on their website. It looks pretty Dude, you would love it. Dude. You would love it. Mm. So, so motorcycles. Uh. So yeah, yeah. So back great. To started with a great breakfast. And then we headed on down to Big Sur. 
Okay. Which you know, it's just uh, it's, straight it's down just one, a of course. Ride, yeah. You know, it's it's one of the best roads in the world, really, going down uh, Pacific Coast Highway. But when we got to the famous Bixby Bridge, which you see in car commercials and postcards, you can veer off to the left on a dirt road and go up into the mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had our Africa twins and took off. Uh, we had to change all the settings. Turn the traction control down to one. <laughs> hit the gravel button. Take the rear ABS. Oh, off. did you press the extra gravel? Yeah, button. the extra yeah. gravel button. Um, <laughs> and we took off down the dirt road, and um, yeah, just had a great ride. You're just up on the. Well, first you're dropping down into a valley, and then you come up onto the uh, top of the mountain again, the ridge. And well, first you rip past all the tourists, and you're all, yeah. and they're like, ah, oh, fucking Japanese people jumping out of the way and trying to take a picture at the same time. Anyway, that's that's a nice start. Uh, yeah, then we headed, we did all the way down loops back down to Highway 1. It takes you about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. Probably 40 minutes a yeah. trip, yeah. And then turned around and came right back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's yeah. the thing we probably mm. climb about, you know, maybe a little less than two thousand feet over a few miles but, as you go from the coast up into the mountains, and you guys. But spectacular views. Views are crazy. Yeah. yeah. And coming back, I have to say I was getting a lot more comfortable with the bike. I really haven't done much off roading on the Africa Twin yet. And um, no, I was uh, you know bringing the wheel around, you know, out of corners, just really just gunning it. So it's fun, isn't it? I was oh, looking at yeah. some of the video. We shot some video, and I was looking at it, and I was wondering because you were behind me sometimes. And did you did it look like I, some of the uphill tight turns? Did it look like I was struggling, like throttle control, that kind of shit? Because it was I'm doing that playing with thrust and cro- <clears throat> throttle. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about you not having to worry about that at all. You just keep your eyes up and yeah, you definitely, especially in some of the no hairpins. You were going a little bit slower because you had to ne- negotiate. Yeah, or you have to shift in the shift middle of it or clutch something. and then power out, start powering out. Yeah. And the DCT was good and all that, huh? Oh, yeah. You were hauling ass, too, for yeah. an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a fire road, that's, it's a pretty varied road. I heard that, Jamie. I just, <laughs> did you did you miss that comment? Like, no, I got it. No, he was right. Yeah. I was hauling ass. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said that you were doing pretty well for an old lady. Oh, yeah, no. I'll no, she that. was hauling ass. She no, beat, I just, actually beat me on the road and on the on the dirt. I think I okay. just kind of I was in the groove and uh, just feeling comfortable. And like I said, there were a couple times where you you know throttle out of a turn and the wheel would start to really swing around. Right, it's like ooh, back off a little bit. Um, but I really felt like I was riding a dirt bike. But that's where traction control, like in just the lowest lowest setting, mm-hmm. works great. Because right. it saves you from yourself, because you can still get the back wheel really loose, but it's you know still a thousand. And, I, and I mean, that's the bike. thing when you're on dirt, you you've really got to get it loose a mm. little bit. Yeah. But there's so much momentum and inertia and with a bike like yeah. that; it can the bike can overtake the front so it, quite quickly. It's very forgiving, and then you know ABS front brakes doesn't hurt. Wait, either, hold on, so. did the uh, the, the traction control cut out nicely? Well, it wasn't like too abrupt or nothing. It didn't like cut throttle immediately or nothing like that it was well no i mean i had it it has seven one through seven i had it on one i mean you're for sure activating the the traction control but no even um even the cut knock and i mean honda are very very proud of how the ab uh the traction control and the abs kicks in on that bike Mm -hmm. it's very progressive and deliberately so you really can't even feel it the power just kind of gently drops away i'd say mm. the traction control on the lowest setting on one the times you feel it is a steep loose hill climb you'll feel a little bit then right Cause it's, but but it, it's not enough enough to stop the progression <coughs> right right and the other time is when you're just having too much fun and you you bip the throttle and the whole back end just steps Ooh, out on yeah. you mm-hmm. um whereas if it you wonder if it didn't have just that little bit of traction control you'd either 
like probably high side. It's probably what you do because it steps yeah. out. You chop the throttle and launch. So mm. it's like the, just the, just enough to keep you from really fucking yourself. It's up. very clever. It works quite well. But I was jealous of the DCT. I got to say, after trying it the one time, I was thinking about you riding. I'm like, I bet that would be pretty well, nice. And it worked good on the downhills. Um, and there was just the right in a, amount of engine braking, just on its own, because mm. you can set the engine braking levels. Um, and so there were a lot of times I wasn't braking at all. And you had predominantly street tires. They were probably like 80, mm-hmm. 20 street tires. Yeah. And I had the, okay. the Shankos, and you were still outpacing me in the dirt, I'd say. Liza, can I ask you a question yeah. about that? So you had an experience recently on a GS compared to the Africa Twin, right? On pavement? Yeah. Okay, but not off-road? Mm-mm. Okay. No. <clears throat> I'm looking at a choice between renting an Africa Twin and a GS back east. The, the GS um, it corners, it's more flickable. Mm-hmm. In, on the road because of that low weight, but I can't comment on the on the. They're almost different bikes. Dirt. I mean, I, like a big I felt like I was riding bike. a dirt bike, and like I was class of its own riding almost. it like a dirt bike and using my hips and throwing yeah. it around and leaning mm-hmm. in it and throttling. And you around. know, and for for a bike that really launched a whole range of bikes, the GS it really still stands alone. There's nothing quite like it. And you can say that's either good or bad, and it's it, it's really it's it's just a standalone bike. It's like, well, do you prefer red or blue? You can't compare the two, um, and it's it really is on its own bike. But I agree with Liza. They carry the weight. BMWs carry the weight very low and forward, mm. and so on the street, it's very very good. And because it's a flat twin, it's got a very loping exhaust. Now, it's quite a relaxing place to be on the freeway. Um, but these are heavy lumps off-road. What are you planning on doing with it, Scott? Well, from the, from the May ride out in Tennessee, guys are going to be meeting up at the first half of the week and doing some off-road and then continuing um, on-road for the Thursday and Friday. And we get out of there before the weekend. You know, right. All the yahoos are on deals and stuff. So... If I'm going to go dual sport, and either you rent the Africa Twin or the GS, and it's 225 a day, it's like yikes! It's gone up a lot in right. previous years. I rented a DCT out there before, really liked it, but I really didn't take it off road. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I'm thinking about this as kind of a um, you'll have an option for, for a purchase. The... I'd like to get something like that locally and move from what I've got right now in the fleet that direction. And make no mistake, I mean an Africa Twin is it's half the price for GS. Pretty much. Something yeah. like that. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, if you're thinking of buying, mm-hmm. rent the Africa Twin and be pleasantly surprised. Especially at the Or wait for the 700 Tenere to come out. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. No, I rented, the, I rented the AT out there last mm-hmm. time and really liked it, but I haven't been on a GS um, for any real then comparison. Try it out. So, I mean, yeah. people love different, them. Different I mean, people really, really do love them. Both but capable. The, the, yeah. So, uh, Back to your ride. From there, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, we both just had a great time, great ride, but it didn't stop there. Uh, then we went to Carmel, where we rode up to Laurelis Grade Road, mm-hmm. which many know it goes up over the mountain. It's a great twisty road, but rarely do you not get stuck behind a car or a truck. And this is one of those rare moments. I've had once on 9, once on 17, once on Laurelis grade where you, you encounter no cars mm-hmm. and you're able to just have a perfect run. Right. And I, I had nearly a perfect run. 
nearly it was just at the very end that i caught up to one this guy yeah it's probably what five miles of curvy mountain road it was great and i took off again from jim i was just like <laughs> you did too well yeah. see ya you did uh but i was just feeling very comfortable on the at and throwing it into turns and really yeah, leaning it down screwed off all your chicken strips i noticed yeah you were mm. leading that well, you know thing. it's funny the guy i bought the bike from it races motocross um but he rode he rode it hard on the street and there were no chicken strips on his when i bought that bike at all mm. yeah. so you can lean that bike over yeah so had a almost almost perfect run there feeling really good and i thought let's just keep keep this vibe going and we oh, went over right. to yeah, laguna seca let's go see if it's open Mm-hmm. And we ride up there, and there's a dude in the booth. And I don't know what was going on, but I just said, Hey, is it okay if we just go do a couple laps? He's like, Yeah. I went, No, 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 not on the track. Just around. And he went, Sure, go ahead. Yeah. It was, a chill day. They had, they, it was like, like bring your BMW <laughs> yeah. out to it the It was track a track day, day um, track club or something. Mm-hmm. And so I showed Jim what I had learned with Matt. Uh, the the poles, you can just go around. And we went up to the corkscrew. Yep. And we're riding down the walking path alongside the corkscrew as nice. cars are coming down. It was great. Yeah. It's like everywhere you walk around, there up on that hill where the cor- between down and the corkscrew. Yeah, we just rode all over up there. It was really kind of... It's, it was, it's a large area. And when there's yeah. nobody there, it was very calm. Roam, man. Yeah. It's yeah. super quiet. Yeah. And they, no one seems to give a shit. So yeah. we're just yeah. riding around Laguna Seca as there were cars whipping around. That was just a great moment. I think the matching bikes with the matching auxiliary lights, yeah. people like aren't sure what to make of that. Like, <laughs> oh. Well, no, it's security. Yeah, we are right. security for Laguna Seca. So yeah, you act like you belong better. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know, what, what a great day riding. How do you cap that off? Well, first of all, it has to be food. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say great dinner. Live the ride, ride to eat. Well, you know, there's not many times that I would say that Bubba Gump's is a place to go. But when you want drinks and shrimp, that is the place to go. Mm. And we went over to uh, Monterey, where you're right there on the water, and happened to get a parking spot in front that had money on the meter. Nice. (laughs) Walk up to Bubba Gump's, and they said, it's going to be about an hour and a half wait. So we're just going to check the bar. Walked right in, found a table, sat down. Next thing you know, we got drinks and three kinds of shrimp coming. Oh, shrimp. Nice. Fried shrimp. We had garlic shrimp, shrimp coconut stuff, shrimp, stuffed yeah. shrimp. Oh, it was it's good. like the moto gods were shining on you. Today. Oh, it was. It was just I really an excellent, perfect day. We and then we another, went on we home a, as had, it was getting dark. We had another stop like in that. there, unless you skipped it on purpose. Which one? <clears throat> Captain America Wings. Oh, right. Yeah, we stopped at the Veteran Ranch. The secret, the secret barn. What would you call it? They just replumbed it with fire protection <laughs> valving, but they revalved all the valves. So yeah, it- we stopped in uh, the veteran to see what the guys are up to, and we we're just poking around. They've been going through a lot of um, uh, Craig's old things. So there's a mm-hmm. lawn full of vetter fairings. Right. Yeah, you got the Windjammer one, two, and three, but then there were these other ones I never saw that were made. AMF um, Harley. Oh, the, Harley, li- the Liberators. The, the, the oh double my God, headlight. Those, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a Liberator. There was one that was made for Kawasaki that had red, white, and blue like uh, mm-hmm. stars, stars on yeah. it. Some of them um, were massive, too. There were some really cool things and some prototype stuff that never went into circulation. I think my favorite new discovery, every time you go there, you know, something else pops up. Oh, yeah. Like, what the heck is that? Oh, so I know. They're these, these wheelchairs. Yeah, the wheelchairs. <clears throat> and they look like kind of like the, the the performance one, like racing ones, but they're old, right? And they've been sitting out for a while. You can tell there's like three of them. 
so of course i sit in one and i'm all hey dude look at me and i start wheeling around in it and of course um <clears throat> morgan comes over and he's like get out of the chair i'm like oh sorry and he starts explaining he goes yeah dad made these he used to hang glide and he crashed his hang glider so he made wheelchairs out of the crashes hang, hang glider broke his oh, wow. arms and legs yeah broke bones called carol to come and 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 get him and had her take a picture as he was lying there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so these things are yeah. laying there and then there's then all of a sudden you look at them, they're totally invented, engineered, like cool. And then there's extra sets of wheels so you can go faster. And then he's like, oh yeah, this one uh, won the Boston Marathon in like 1991 <laughs> yeah. or something like he that. He decided to make the better wheelchair and designed it for a guy who, yeah, who came yeah. in first place anyway. wow. in the Boston Marathon. He's just sitting in the yard. Yeah, and two other ones. I yeah. thought it was chariots for us to use. Uh, I was ready to we tried. Oh, yeah. bones. You got the attitude for it. Well, we got the design now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was just... Um, oh, and then the, the, the wings. I don't even know if you can describe oh, no. those. Well, there's, we're, I'm trying to procure some things for our, our podcast room. Some original Vetter pieces okay. that Ooh. not many people have seen. Nice. That'd be cool. Exclusives. Yeah. And there was yeah. some some random person like always is there that's re- completely re- rebuilding an Energica, yeah. I think. Like, <laughs> they just passed through. It's it, was, it was a great day. It was just such was a, a great day. ride. I'm really enjoying that bike. It. The only time I don't enjoy that Africa Twin is when I have to push it in and out of the garage. It is a beast of a bike. It is tall. It is wide. It is heavy. Yeah, I almost crash every time I stop and start. And you know, that is a testament to how good the handling in that DCT Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Because to ride a big beast of a bike like that on a trail as as effortlessly as you do, it's amazing. Well, yeah, and (laughs) that DCT. Still, every time we were taken off from a light, I'd just pull away from him, and I'd be like, leaving, (laughs) bye-bye, bye-bye. Well, you know where where she gets me now, because I'm I'm winnowing it down, but it's right off the the gate. For her, it's like an electric bike. There's no clutch to fiddle with at all. It's just pin the throttle. So now what we came up with is you need to race an electric bike. I think that's I, I want to take on one of the electrics because you've already got me out of first gear. I'm feeling the DCTs. It's mm-hmm. it's. I think it's a good. It'll be a good race. I think so too. So yeah, so glad to have gotten a good ride under my belt. Okay, we get it. You like the DCT. I just had a good ride under my belt. <laughs> and I like the DCT. Just, you want to race me, bro? I'm you want to race? Shit. Come on, let's go. Let's go. My super cock will dust your bike. Oh, one hundred percent. Really? You think so? <laughs> I'll say my, my FG would do really, really too. think so. I think so. Any, any, any proper race. Should we do it? We should do people. one of these times. You th- Jim, All right, you let's think? get them. I'll, I'll bring my FC one out too. It'll smoke you. It'll smoke no. you. I'm shifting out no of second way. gear at eighty. What? Uh, what? No your way. shifting skills I lack. Just pure horsepower and grunt yeah. will fix for me. So. Uh, pure no line way. four. Yeah. No. All right. You're on. <laughs> You're on. Racing for pinks, Liza. Oh shit! That's heavy. Jeez. So. You know, speaking of like drag racing and just being foolish, it, it makes me think about um, being a parent. Oh, and I thought you were looking at me about being foolish. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Do exactly. That 100% yes, we she are. is. Exactly. Um, you know, we have um, we have parents in the room. Uh, Jim is a parent and uh, Scott Apparently is a, a parent. parent. Yep. Ben is a kid with a parent mm-hmm. who's apparently here. Mm-hmm. You know the best yeah. thing about kids? Making them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but you know, it got me thinking, uh, how is that for, for parents who want who have kids who want to get into biking? You know, do you, are there fears? Like, how do you guys handle that? Especially because we don't have tiered licensing here. Do you just let them go and wish them the best? So um, 
I wanted to uh, bring on uh, a friend of ours. Uh, actually, on the line, we have Susan Carpenter. She is a journalist, a biker, and a mom. Um, say hi to everyone, Susan. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank doing you. Doing good. Yay. So, well, um, uh, first of all, I wanted to give a big thanks to you. Um, you were the journalist who wrote the article in the New York Times about the Women Writers World Relay. And uh, I true. really, really appreciate that. <laughs> wow, nice. Well, I feel about it in time to write about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great event. Yeah, yeah. And, and that article's had legs and it's been traveling all over the world. Um, cool. Getting and just helping to get our story out, so I thank you. Um, but um, in doing that, I learned uh, I learned some things about you as a mom and a biker, and I wanted to talk to you about this because um, I think last time we talked, I asked you what kind of bike you ride, mm-hmm. and your answer. I actually do not have any motorcycles anymore, and I have absolutely no idea what I told you at that time. Was it that I could get any bike I wanted at any time from a manufacturer so I don't have to own one? Yeah, Is that you, my basically, answer? I often give that answer, yes. Uh, basically, you said yes. You get press bikes all the time to try out, but you haven't replaced one since your crash. Correct, yes. And so. uh, the, your crash was pretty significant. Um, can you tell us about that when it happened? Yeah, I was actually on a test vehicle. I was on a scooter. Sorry, can you say that um, again? It cut out. Yeah, I was on a. I was testing a Vespa scooter. I believe it was a two hundred and fifty, and it was sort of a fluke that I went to pick up my son from summer camp on that scooter because I figured I would just be picking him up from camp and going home, which was like a mile away. And I was just going to take, you know, back roads, get him home. And on a lark, he just said, hey, mom, can we go to this place? He had been to paintball camp and he wanted to get some paintball stuff. Mm. And so I said, yeah, which was the stupidest thing I could have said because (laughs) it was rush hour. It was around four or five o'clock in Los Angeles. His camp was in Pasadena and this paintball place was in Hollywood. If you know geography, LA geography, that's a really long way to travel at rush hour with a kid on the back of a scooter. So we started going that way and we got to Silver Lake, which is my old neighborhood. And we were at an intersection, Fletcher and Riverside, which I didn't know until later. is one of the most dangerous intersections in the city. Mm-hmm. And I split lanes to get to the front of the line because there was too much traffic and I'm impatient, something I would normally do. And uh, saw the lane ahead of me slowing to a stop, the lane next to them slowing to a stop. And I started to turn left and then I noticed there was another lane and they were not slowing to stop. Hmm. They were speeding to go through the light and I was too committed to the turn and they slammed into us. Oh. When I say they, it was a it was an older lady in a very old Nissan Sentra, a 20-year-old car. Hmm. So... Um, the unfortunate thing about a scooter, for my son's sake, is that his, his legs were draped over the saddle. Oh. Mine were tucked inside. Yeah. So he took the full force of the, the bumper from that car. Hmm. We both went flying. You know, we have matching skid marks on our jackets and our helmets. Um but he had um, his leg broken in four places. Oh. And how, how, how old was he at the time? He was 11. 
Oh, wow. This is easily the most horrifying thing that has ever happened to me that I have ever done. You know, in retrospect, you know, I've beaten myself a million times for even putting my son in that position. But as I think I shared with you the first time Mm -hmm. I told you this story, it was... You know, I had been riding motorcycles for 25 years at that point and had pretty much been incident free. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple minor mishaps, maybe like laid a bike down, but nothing like two vehicles colliding, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I just sort of believed that this is so wrong headed, as anybody who rides a motorcycle knows. But I, I think I just was a little bit full of myself at that particular time in my life testing motorcycles full-time and just really didn't think that was going to happen to me and then it did so there's that so let's talk a second about gear what gear were you all wearing um i was it was summer it was july and i was wearing long pants and boots and a jacket i've been out on that scooter all day my son and i'm very embarrassed to say this because i used to be a safety instructor my son was wearing a full face helmet gloves a uh hoodie long sleeved hoodie sweatshirt basketball shorts and high top sneakers Mm. so also horrible move on my part i knew better um and yet i did it so so i have i have to think i mean for and especially for the other parents here in the room i mean you guys all love biking and you would want to share that with your kids right uh i mean jim you're i mean jake rides and your son kind of rides (laughs) (laughs) they both definitely crash he he at least dirt bikes Um, with us well you know i'm listening to suze carpenter and uh nice to meet you thanks for coming on sharing your story i know that that can't be as a a parent you know we feel like we're supposed to be perfect and we're all obviously anything but um but your story i think i could have very easily been mine with different circumstances it's just that you know jake or my son shay they just didn't get hit you know what I mean? They were lucky. And I think that's that speaks to motorcycling. Some days you're lucky and some days you're not. And mm-hmm. and I hear yourself beating yourself up and I and I empathize because that's what, what any of us would do. But I think the difference between your scenario and me having a similar story, honestly, is luck because um yeah. You know, I'm parenting my daughter who's a who's I mean it's a little bit different but she's a daredevil but yet under my my tutelage and she there was all sorts of unsafe behavior that that if given a second chance I maybe would have learned from and done something different. So you know, it's only beat yourself up so much cuz I think I think it could have been any of us, you know, where you're at. So I sharing your story though is really powerful. I think especially letting people know, you know, the gear and that, you know, there of like today I was telling you know, I wear gear all the time too, right? No, I don't. I'm wearing jeans and tennis shoes when I rode down tonight. But that's all it takes is that one time and just tonight I didn't get hit by a car, right? Right. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting that you're saying that because my son and I were dirt bikers. So mm-hmm. when we were riding in the dirt, I was very sh- careful to make sure he was wearing everything head to toe you know chest protector knee protector elbow like the dirt bike boots like he had everything when we were out in the dirt i didn't know they and needed a cup reason. but apparently seamus needed a protective <laughs> cup because he took what do we we named this didn't we name the trail nutshot junction after that ride um, um, i'm sorry sue i interrupted no that's all right i was just gonna say like so in one scenario i decided he needed to be completely 
covered, protected, head to toe, and in another, I let it slide. And Susan, and it was in that scenario, yeah. And Susan, this is Emma. Um, from your description of the accident, I'm not entirely sure if he had been geared up, right. his injuries would have been substantially less. Yeah. Oh, you're because right. Because if, right. if you're getting an impact from a speeding yeah. car motorcycle gear even armored motorcycle gear will protect you from road rash it'll protect you from a certain amount of impact but those like 1990s nissan Sentras are solid little cars yeah gear gear will protect you from hitting other things that will not protect you from other things hitting you so much right so i i don't think his choice of gear or lack thereof i'm sure he had road rash but uh, it, it's, it sounds like the most significant injury was this appalling break to his leg, which I think he would have got anyway. Mm. How, how old is he yeah. now? How old is he now? He is 17 and fully recovered. And I've shared this with Liza too. Wants to ride a motorcycle in the street. Wants to get dirt biking. Bag committed to do it all the time. Thing. Like So, I mean, his memory, I find this fascinating, but I think it speaks to the love that we all have for this sport is how fun it is. You know, his memory is still how much fun he had, you know? Cool. cool. And so yeah. he wants to be able to still do that in the future. I'm very ambivalent about that now, just considering what happened to him. Yeah. And I don't know where you guys are living, but down in Los Angeles, the traffic is insane. It's yeah. It just makes me really anxious yeah. to think of him being out in the street, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Ben, I want to ask you, because you're 17, yeah. do you have an interest in riding when you get a license? Um, I feel like it's almost not even an interest. It's a calling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. I mean, Susan, this is Scott here, Ben's dad. I teach too right. up in the Bay Area, so they come by it naturally. I haven't always been the smartest person on a motorcycle, but I've always had a love for being on the back of a bike. It's where I've sort of felt almost the most at home in a way. So, Scott, how does that make you feel? I mean, do you completely trust him out on the road, or do you worry about him? Uh, no, I would I would certainly worry. And my older one, uh, Reed, 19 years old, passed the CMSP class just last weekend mm-hmm. and has a DL-389 sitting at home and ready to get into the DMV process. He's parking lot certified. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing that, um, Susan, I don't think you particularly mentioned. You know how when they're younger and when your son was 11 – Going through all the different stages of protective gear as they grow, it's kind of hard to keep up with. Mm. Yes, it is. We were getting ready to roll down from Alameda to the show today, and Ben was pulling on my old Daytona boots, and... You know, they're like 10 years old, right? But he pulled a little hard on the zipper, and the zipper popped off the seam. So it's like, oh, well, they're too small for him for one, and now the zipper's broken. So he's wearing his uh, his high-top Gore-Tex sneakers, and I'm just like, ah, oh, this isn't quite right. But at least I can throw him into my spare riding suit, which at the moment he still fits into, but he's a couple inches taller than I am. So keeping up with the gear, you know, I've been hauling the kids around on the back of the bike, uh, since they were quite small, because we're a one-car family, you know, they've got a Prius for the, you know, for my wife. She's got that for hauling them around. And when I would run them to drop them off at summer camp when they were little, I remember Reed telling me over the helmet intercom, "You know, Dad, I, you know how much I trust you to be doing this, right? Because you know, realizing that it's dangerous as we're, you know, out on the freeways." So um, it's something I do. It's something I'm worried about them starting, but. Uh, 
especially at 19 of three, it's like, I can't tell, you know, I can't tell Reed, no, I forbid you to do this. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that'd be complete bullcrap because I've been doing this since before they were born. You know, I think the struggle mm-hmm. and Susan comment is what. So my daughter's a little bit older now. She's 21. She's out of the house. So is my son. <clears throat> but it, it's this it's this place they're at, you know, chemically where they're they're supposed to be taking risks. Right. Those teenage years, they're taking risks. They're learning yep. boundaries. They're doing that. And what and I don't have the answer to this, but somehow you have to kind of kind of channel that energy into somewhat safe behavior like i'm sure he already gets you know wear the gear right he had his full face helmet on that was probably the biggest deal when he was in his crash um so if they can wear the gear that's great but i watched my daughter time after time again engage in dangerous riding and when it was over she's like what's your problem i was fine everything was just fine i'm like (laughs) you know but but you know how it is they won't hear that so one of the struggles to keep the kids safe at that age is they're genetically engineered to take risks especially if they're somewhat risky kids anyway um how do you i don't know i'm not sure how you, you how you channel that into a safe it's a place. teenage brain well and i was going to actually ask all you parents do you set some rules or boundaries do you limit what size bike they can ride like what do you do to make sure that they're safe do you give i mean scott you're an instructor do you give them extra tests or or susan how about you what are you going to do to make sure that they're fully prepared wow well, I'm going to be making this up as I answer your question. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he's in the process of going to your driver's ed to get his yeah. car license. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I need to make sure that he's safe behind the wheel of a car. My daily driver is a Tesla. My mm-hmm. kid, I think, probably has a little bit of my lead foot tendencies, which <laughs> in an electric car like that, mm-hmm. that's, where he's, that's how he's going to learn, you know? So. Yeah. That makes me a little bit anxious that he's going to get so used to that, like, torquey, sudden acceleration feeling, just get addicted to it like I have, right? Yeah. But I need to teach him, hopefully he'll have some real experiences behind the wheel that teaches him that he needs to be aware of his surrounding, you know, I, I guess I just need to gauge how he, how he drives the car first. It's almost a combination you know? of things. It's almost like they have to learn these experiences on their own, which is natural. But when you throw mm-hmm. motorcycles into the mix, it's a little bit more, you know, dangerous, obviously. And it, but it's mm-hmm. almost like they have to have these experiences on their own. And if you can ideally couple it with an older person that they admire. Right. Like it can't be their parent. Like I could tell my kids all day long, slow down. Yeah. Yep. Right. But if someone else that they admire has an influence on them, I think that's another way to come at it. If you have that community, there's another kind you know, of that's a really good idea point. I've got about that. If I might, um, I'm thinking they're going to be more risk conscious in traffic on two wheels. This is probably controversial versus driving a car. Cause I've been in the car doing a little practice driving with Reed and all that vehicle, you know, the amount of proprioception you've got to do to pretend this larger thing you're in is your body and to be aware of all the parts of it at the same time is a lot harder than it is on a bike, even though the bike's got less protection. But there's less distractions on the bike than inside of a car. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention is they're going to take risks either way. Just, uh, what is it, last summer, Ben, you got a concussion and broken arm. He's sporting a scar on his forearm from falling off a skateboard on a sidewalk in a little Alameda. Those things are dangerous, you know. It's a short board, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> no helmet. And so uh, when it comes to Reed asking me for help in picking out a first bike, 
and maybe starting out on the most user-friendly I think I've got uh, right now is a, an 81 R65 Beamer, old Airhead. And so you know, it's not particularly light, but it's also not very punchy. Mm-hmm. But we're setting down the conditions. Well, if you want to use my bike, you will be in full gear, and you're going to pay your uh, your share of the insurance on the bike and help with maintenance. And you know, if the gear is not there, you're not riding anything I've got. So I want to ask Ben, you're you're 17. Yep. Do you think that you are mature enough to handle a full size bike around town? As of controlling a full motorcycle at my age and mentality, I would say not yet. Okay. Because when it comes to Reed and I on bicycles, this was only a couple years back, I was always the more risky one. I would end up sort of lane splitting, hopping curbs, and he was always he was always the safe one, but it ended up being that on one random day, I decided to take a different route to school, and we were going separate ways. He was trying to catch up to me um, by taking a main street, and a car sort of came out um, came out of a corner, didn't see him hit the back wheel. He ended up fine, thankfully, but it's sort of that issue of luck and the... Mm-hmm. Even if you're more of a risk taker, does that really mean that you're going to end up in a crash? So I don't feel like I'm ready to handle it. So let me ask you this, Ben. Do you have the need for speed? Um. That's a really interesting way of saying yes. So is, is it safe I, to answer that with my dad here? I, here. <laughs> I think Ben has just destroyed the hopes and dreams of every 17-year-old listening to this podcast right now. Let me just say, he doesn't do things as dumb as some of his friends do. <laughs> That's good. In terms of speed, I guess the way I can answer point. that is, if someone tried to attach a Jado bottle to the back of my um, to the back of my bicycle, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> So I have to think, though, as as scary as it is to let your, your children go out there on bikes, how, I mean, it also has to be even m- so amazing to be able to share this. Mm-hmm. Is this something like, Susan, for you, is this, are you really proud that that he wants to ride? I would say I feel like I gave him a really good experience at a young age Mm -hmm. and I completely understand why it is that he wants to recapture that feeling. Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like he, he wants to be independent. He wants to be free to go back to your, your point about like you have to let your kids go. I mean, the whole experience or the whole thought of letting him out on a motorcycle on his own, like in the streets it's sort of the same thing that probably everybody else that you're talking with right now, when you let your kid, you know, skateboard to the corner store for the first time or go bicycle to the movie theater for the first, you know what I mean? Like at some point you have to let, (laughs) let your kid go and and, and, and test the water. If I can, you know what? And you know this, they're going to go anyway. Yeah. Right, Liza. Did you did you ever hide a motorcycle from your parents? Yeah, and I, that's what I'm thinking. Like, isn't it better <laughs> off that you have parents who are setting an example and and supporting this as opposed to me, where I 
did it all behind right. their backs. And I and I think know? I think what Susan's done is is she's she's showed her son the path, right? right? And the kids are going to wander back and forth across it, but they'll eventually they find their way back to it. And I think you've done everything you can as a parent, including you know, crash the shit out of your kid to teach him to wear gear all the time. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But uh, but I but I, I empathize with you because my you know my kids are 19 and 21, and and yeah, I've been there. I've, I've my daughter's almost died fucking a bunch of times. Right. And it's because it's who they are. You know I'm, what I mean? We can we're, we we can only control someone. They're going to be them. And I think you've done a great job guiding them down that path. And then, yeah, you, you turn them loose. And Certainly you know, when I when too, I, I when I think back to my experience with my mum, um, you know, we were living amongst the dinosaurs, and <laughs> but at um, at sixteen. All I wanted was a motorbike. That's all I wanted. That um, Ariel Foursquare was looking good, wasn't it? Yeah, thank you. And mum said, well, I know for a fact that if I say no, you're going to damn well do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to make sure that I give you the opportunity to, to do it right. And I mean, this was the mid-70s, so there wasn't a great deal of training available. But what there was available, she made sure I had access to. Mm-hmm. So I actually had my eyes open. And... When I started at I was when I started at seventeen at Ben's age, I was already on a two fifty. And then by mm. the time I rounded out seventeen, I was already on my first Suzuki seven fifty. So Wow. Susan, as someone who's still a minor in the eyes of the law, asking you this, what would you say are your biggest reservations about kids who that want to ride motorcycles when they're older? Well, my fear is obviously all tainted by my son's experience, just that he's going to get hit and he's just not going to see it coming. I just don't want him to have that same experience. I, you know, I write a lot in my reporting just about everything having to do with cars, motorcycles, transportation, how we get around. The statistics are not good and they're getting worse. So, you know, I don't think distraction is going away for driving anytime soon. Drunk driving is not going away anytime soon. Speeding isn't going away anytime until we have autonomous cars, which is a whole other can of worms. It's the other drivers on the road. It's right. less yep. him. It's it's what all of us fear, right? It's just like what other people are going to do to us because, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I just want him to be aware that there's other people out there who he just needs to be super attentive. And I'm not – I'm very – concerned that he's not going to be as attentive as he needs to be because when i see him go out skateboarding he puts earbuds in he might not wear bright colors you know these are the things that a mom is going to think of and he thinks he's invincible because he's 17 so you know i just know that something can happen so what do you you think about this is like a you know look squirrel maybe a distraction like track like get him into track riding well, I was actually going to mention that because um, back when I worked at the big dealership, oftentimes we'd have parents come in mm-hmm. and they would say, you know, my son or my daughter is wants a bike. And we're absolutely distraught about it. And we, 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 we want to talk about this before we even bring them into the shop. And... Oftentimes, I'll, I, I would have said, well, how would you feel if they rode dirt instead? And you could almost see mm-hmm. a light bulb come on. Mm-hmm. And like, well, that'd be okay. Because it's it's actually, it 
in a lot of ways, it's a far more controlled environment. It's just you and the terrain. Right. And you're taking out all these distracted people. Because LA so, traffic is, is not so. As they, as they get older, though, so there's a kind of a different angle I'm thinking about on this. Uh, I had a choice in putting Ben on the back of the bike today. It's like, oh, is he, am I going to bring him with or not? And Well, if I didn't, you know, he's going to be home looking at screens all day. And when we oh, get boo. On, <laughs> That's no well, fun. When we get on motorcycles, we have to learn what to focus on in a way that you don't even in dirt, cl- uh, dirt riding because there's not that much else that's out there trying to kill you right. on dirt. And so um, it helps us develop focus in a way that few other things do because you have to learn exactly what to pay attention to and when. That, that is all true. But my question for you, Sue, is you very specifically said my son wants to ride street. Um, mm-hmm. Does he ride yes. dirt now or does just dirt have no interest for him? No, he's interested in both. And as a matter of fact, this summer, we're probably going to go dirt biking for the first time in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on a trip together. And then for street, the summer that he graduates from high school before he goes off to college, I've told him that we're going to take a European trip and we're probably going to do like a guided tour on streets in Italy, something like that. You know, like I want to be with him mm-hmm. right. to sort yeah, of usher excellent. him okay. into this next phase. And at least in a way he's, that I think, he, he's, he's honing his skills on a dirt bike. So, I mean, he's not actually going to be riding a street bike from scratch. I mean, I'm, I presume he's getting pretty adept on, on dirt right now. Well, well, he isn't right now because I don't have any of that stuff anymore. Sure. I don't have the bikes. I don't have the gear. And, you know, he's about to go off to college. So I'm not – that's why I'm thinking I'm just going to take, like, a, a guided tour for a few days, which isn't really enough before he, like, launches off into the street, you know. Um, but, yeah, I – He wants to do both, to answer your question. And I think that it's probably best to start in the dirt again before going into the street. All right, Susan, as we're wrapping up, I think I got it it figured out for you. Yeah. So here's the deal. You you, you follow your plan riding dirt, right? Get him a dirt bike, start riding dirt, because you guys have so much good riding down there. Uh, Me and Mike are going to be down in uh, Johnson Valley before too long. Mm -hmm. But um, get him doing that. Get him an R6. Get him on the track. Here's the linchpin. Get Get him him a a cool car. Get him a cool car. So he has a cool car to drive. Get him on the track, right? That'll be a street riding. Get him in the desert. Then when you go to Europe, hook up with Cat McLeod, who does rides in Europe, and you also get to ride MotoGP tracks. So there you go. Get him a cool car so he'll like to drive. He has his motorcycle outlets that don't involve L.A. traffic, and you get to go to Europe and hey, ride MotoGP tracks. I've got the car. Get him an El Camino. Get an El Camino. Oh, he would get so much attention. I'll say that. Um, just get chicks on chicks on. Chicks. I just, I just wanted to, you know, in closing, say here's what I think: that having kids ride on the back of the bike, first of all, it's training the brain of of how yeah. how to look for things. Also, I think it's going to make these kids better drivers in cars, and I think that they're going to know what it's like out there. Um, so. I think it's great that everyone has this opportunity to share this thing that they love. And I think they're going to be better drivers and riders because of it. One last word of advice. I know you weren't. So when the kids are little, this is important. Instead of playing slug bug, right, which is a horrible game, punch your sister when you see a VW. You see a bike. Right. You When you see a motorcycle, you, I don't know, punch your dad or something, but don't punch your sister. Last, uh, Susan Scott here again. Last thought I was thinking. So you still teach CMSP? 
Oh, no, I don't. Okay. No, I haven't in years. Yeah. It's just, I was thinking that'd be an interesting community to get your son plugged into because I know other instructors who have their kids who have started teaching too. And what a great community to get him dialed into. Yeah. Well, I, at the very least, I know that I want him to take the safety class. And if he's yeah. 18, he's not going to have to take it, but I think I want to make that a contingency if I'm going to be involved and support that, you know? Yeah, That's a sponsorship. Sure. That's a good deal. Well, I think most of all, you know, I do want to do a big thanks to you and to all the parents here for creating new bikers, because really that's what we need, and, and for creating responsible bikers. I think that they are better off because you guys are leading by example in in riding safely, um, maintaining, wearing all the right gear, that kind of stuff. So I think I think that... Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's all going to be okay. And yeah, thank you guys for creating new bikers. Yeah. Having a Thanks Liza for having me. Having a yeah. new season. Yeah, um, so so thank you very much for coming on and again, thanks for writing the article. Anything uh, new coming out that we need to look for? Are you doing any bike reviews? Mm, uh I can't say because I haven't even pitched it to the New York Times yet. But oh. be on the lookout in the next Two months. Okay. Yes. So where can we find you online? Do you have a social media that we could hound you at? What? To say that again? Do you have? Do you, he wants to know if there's you have any social media or anything people can find you on. I do, but you're not going to find anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you know what? No, I'm very Yo, lazy with social media. Don't make it sound creepy. I'm trying to figure out che- where your you know what? Just is. check out her Wikipedia. Work. Just check yeah. out her Wikipedia page. That's how cool she is. She's got a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And um, yeah, stay in touch. I'd love to hear any, uh, if you have any good stories or reviews you want to share with us, let me know. Yes, thank you, Susan. Yeah, likewise. Hang in there. You're doing great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. All right. So that's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm so appreciative how honest Man. she was because that's hard to be like, you know, because right. we've all done, you know, the kind of stuff. So it's really helpful to hear her share that story. I'm, I mean, I really, uh, that's really cool. You want to hear my hot take? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your hot take. <laughs> you and your lurker nothing. voice, you creeped her out, bro. That's all right. Um, Ben, just as a follow up okay. with you, what kind of bike do you want to ride when you get your first bike? I feel like something older sort of piques my interest the most. I Get mean, something fuel injected. Straight up. <laughs> something fuel injected. It, I asked Just you. you. Know, knock, back off. I'm telling you. Get something fuel injected. Dude. Unless you want to end up here in the right. garage. So what kind of, What are you thinking? Um, I mean, the BMW R65 is sort of a really nice bike. I mean, it is. I have some complaints about the fuel tank. Yes. Because it's just, yeah, it's infuriating. Mm. It's weird. But um, honestly, something that is less intuitive as newer bikes something that sort of really requires you to know your bike well Mm -hmm. because i feel like that can sort of keep me interested in it for a longer period of time and really sort of keep me focused on my passion for riding so that's something Something without fuel injection something something infuriating is that what you're saying something Uh, where you have to like adjust the gaps of the plugs not infuriating (laughs) intriguing (laughs) i want a quirky bike good Good choice, Ben. Nice. Then you'll get Japanese fuel injected. Oh, come on. (laughs) Um, No, thank you guys for sharing. It's something that, you know, I've often wondered as a parent. Right. How does that, how's that, you know, weigh on your mind? And to be honest with you, I mean, my mom is 91 this year, and she still worries about me. Oh. 
So, you do. know, sure. it kind of goes with the course. And sure I'm, I'm sure yeah. as long as Jake rides motorcycles and jumps out of helicopters and does all the things that J- Jake does, and Seamus too, you're going to worry about them. Well, Jim. I'm wondering how, how Liza felt when Jake, like first or second time dirt biking, launches herself <laughs> through a fence off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I got to worry about me. It's my friends. I got to worry about. Uh, Ben's done that too. <laughs> Not the cliff, but I mean, over. I've also d- I have done stupid things on the bike. Remember, I was riding. Um, I was go- on the back of the bike, and I was like, "Hey, Dad, how do you turn on the radio on this thing?" He was like, "Oh, press this button." Come back t- two minutes later. Hey, Dad, how do you turn up the volume? Okay, here you do this. And then two minutes later, he realizes, oh, steering's harder because Ben's dancing on the back of the bike subconsciously. Yeah, 70 <laughs> miles an hour. He's boogieing back there. <laughs> nice. Need to watch out for those things. And if you guys remember, um, rolling to remember? Yes. Amvents? Well, hey, now's your time. Make your hotel reservations and tune up your bikes. There's a new motorcycle demonstration ride taking place in Washington, D.C. on Memorial Day weekend. For the 33rd consecutive year, a massive motorcycle run will take place in the nation's capital over Memorial Day weekend to raise awareness of the plight of U.S. prisoners of war and the 82,000 service members still missing in action. The ride will be known as Rolling to Remember. The 2020 ride will also address the national suicide epidemic, taking the lives of more than 20 military veterans a day. In close partnership with several other patriotic organizations, AMVETS is organizing what is expected to be the nation's largest political demonstration of 2020 and the world's largest one-day motorcycle event. AMVETS is inviting you to join us in ensuring that our elected leaders never forget the sacrifices made by those who have taken an oath to defend this nation. The event is free to the public, but sign up to ride, volunteer, or donate by going to rollingtoremember.com. Once again, that's rollingtoremember.com. Over the course of the weekend, scheduled events will include a blessing of the bikes at the Washington National Cathedral, a candlelight vigil at the Vietnam Wall, and speaking engagements at the Lincoln Steps. Sunday morning, thousands of bikes will take off from the Pentagon parking lot and make their way around the National Mall, rounding the Capitol building in the process. Go to rollingtoremember.com for more information. There you go. All right. Um, you know, I do. I do worry about all of you. I especially worry about all of you when you go out of town with my recording equipment. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and represent the misfits when I'm yes. not there. Yes. Because from what I hear. You guys went up to Portland. Yes, we to did. To the one show. It's yeah. Phil's fault. And you behaved badly. It's Phil's no, fault. No, actually, we behaved <laughs> extremely Phil. well. We did. Um, you know, I was. I wanted to talk about the one show. It, and I was wondering what to call the segment. And I think the best description is when a show grows up. Yeah, I think that's mm. well said. Yeah. I was going to say, I had a great fucking time. Um, that's what I call it. Yeah, it was... But you're it right, was when show, yeah. absolutely amazing, and um, this was year three for me, and I think the same for you, Jim. Four. Four. Me so and Doug it, went and shared a room. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. But they gave out condoms and show, so shaped like a vagina of all these. <laughs> God. Well, my hotel. You, you might as well give Ben the nudie magazine. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, no, is no. This, <laughs> is this a hotel with hourly rates? What's going hourly on here? Size. But you know, the the show has really become 
something that um, I think Tor, the organizer, couldn't have even dreamed of yeah. two or three years ago. It's an amazing show for, for a lot of reasons. It was definitely next level. I mean, anytime you truck dirt into an arena, yeah, that's that's next right. level stuff. So, um, you know, I think we all kind of miss the old building because it had that funky nostalgia to it. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, but. we've seen it grow over a bit. But, um, but I tell you, if you are going to make the big leap into the next level I, th- I thought they did an excellent job well you know it's it it's the opening of the season mm-hmm. and so this is really the start of everyone's season certainly here on the on the left coast so the old venue and it it i think you really can't talk about the new venue without talking about the old venue the old venue was full of character it was dark it was dank it was very industrial yes and bikes lend themselves to that kind of environment but it also kind of it can be a little bit oppressive and it was certainly absolutely colder than i have ever been before yeah um it was snowing well, yeah, it's, it's not um, yeah. and so there's a lot to be said for the old venue, but the new venue they're in this far more modern. What would you call it? An amphitheater? I well, it's like a, a, a place the where Coliseum. they do the Coliseum. Yeah, Coliseum. yeah. yeah it's yeah. a Coliseum. It's Legends an indoor Memorial. arena. Well, and the other great advantage was that everything was in one location. Exactly. Whereas and last year the track was a completely separate location. We had to drive, you know, an hour to get to. Yes. And and it was it, it, there yeah. was no. I think there were no walls there. It was just cold air blowing through the whole. It was time. cold air blowing through. There was yeah. very little provision to get drinks and snacks. We still and had a fantastic yeah, the time. Great great. Racing. But but this time we got to enjoy it inside. In the warmth in the seats and uh yeah and having the racing in the arena was super cool yeah so, i think the juxtapose it like you know before it was a little more funky and industrial but here and, and they're not one's better or worse they're both were great yes but i did like the fact the way they stepped into the new venue kept a lot of the character of the old they had a lot of booths they had a lot of art they had music and it was fun to be able to stroll you know like if you're at a if you can picture being at a baseball game and you stroll around where the food right. is and all that that's where they had booths and some bikes and things like that. There so were you- bikes everywhere. And the thing I like the most about the one show, and I kind of always did, but I mean, it's really, there's just more of it now. It's hard to actually pin it down to say it's a low rider show. It's a chopper show. It's mm-hmm. a flat, it's an everything show. Yeah. And everything's very well presented. I mean, you talk about Born Free. Born Free is a chopper show. Right. At its heart, and there are other bikes there, but Born Free is a chopper show, as is the Redwood Rumble. Um, there's tons of cafe. Well, the cafe racer shows are kind of on decline a little bit, but there's plenty of cafe racer only shows. The centerpiece of the one show is always going to be the flat track racing, because that's kind of the centerpiece of the show. And you see a representative of the bikes. And you see that in the bikes, but there is just this breadth of extremely creative bikes there. Well, it's fun. We played a game, and uh, Mike made it up, and it was oh, no. we had like four or five categories of bikes we had to go find. It was like most dangerous or you know uh, <laughs> best paint, uh, most best engineered, most creative, that kind of a thing. Right. And I thought the game itself spoke to how what a variety there was there. Everything from rebuilt two-stroke engine drag racers to double turbocharged harleys to roland sands had some custom stuff and yeah if you have a bunch of money you can build cool shit but there's also um other custom things you know the husqvarna 701 built out like a dakar bike like a rally bike um and you can go on and on but i think just the games we were playing just spoke to the utter diversity you know and 
everyone who came up and said hi thank you all oh. it, it you made us so welcome how many how many cans of beans did you get in the end it it topped out at about 15 which doesn't sound much but it it was far <laughs> beyond what i was expecting it's heavy <laughs> yeah. Aim low. what'd you do with all the cans so we donated it to a local food bank as, as um as we said we would we found a food bank in the neighborhood that we um got our airbnb in yep and they were very very grateful to receive it <laughs> i think it was can a- can goods here's a here's a misfits top tip if you <laughs> actually want to donate food to a food bank mm-hmm. can goods are always a great bet because yeah. they last a long time mm-hmm. yep um so they're always gratefully receive can can goods and especially things like beans beans were very popular <laughs> and that's a staple food you can yeah. give people Protein, beans. carbs everyone likes yeah. beans yeah. everyone loves beans yeah. Yeah. did you guys make it beans. to the number two show Yes, we yeah. did. You did? Oh, you Cut did. The tail so, well, I'm not done with one show oh, yet. Well, you know, the yeah. other thing about the one we talked was the racing was great. So yes. we have all sorts of all sorts of categories from little kids to old guys to vintage to electric was new this year. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the to the hooligan flat track, the Rolling Sands gig, and I, it was great. And I was actually sitting, I was reading some of the blogs of the racers hmm. while they were waiting to go on the track. Nice. Yeah. So the racers are actually texting and huh. adding to their blog as they're waiting and the, the couple of them said we don't know what the hell's going on there's no organization but we're having a great time <laughs> and really that's kind of what it's all about and, the, and one of the fun things about it and this doesn't negative all i thought it was fun is is you know because they threw this track together fairly quickly yeah and the dirt was wet nobody just thought what are you going to do so it's, it was a little lumpy it's the winter in portland everything yeah, every, all the dirt's wet and uh you know so it got a little a little lumpy in spots it got a little some berms in the corners but i i thought it was enjoyable yeah because it, it mixed it was something different you know flat tracks basically like concrete so it gets right. a little it's like it's so exciting but all of a sudden you throw a little berm shot in the corner and mm-hmm. some whoops as you come into the turn two it's like extra challenge and, and you know and they were cultivating the track you know prepping it you know with a with a skid steer loader about every three races but i thought it made for a lot more fun racing and some people bitch but you know everybody raced the same track so yep. i thought it was a lot of fun how were the uh, crowds because that's always been oh heavy issue very very heavy heavy um, but there was room to move around that exactly was nice. so they had this secret basement where the bulk of the bikes were displayed mm-hmm. and i said there was easily 15 to 20 feet between bikes which made and there was food vendors down there so you could always get great food but it was it was although a lot of people but it was easy to move around yeah and shout people in portland are great it it's yep. a great venue i highly recommend it to anyone um it it really has i go back to what i say this show has gr- this show has grown up and I think it's a completely unique show. Mm-hmm. I would say there is probably nothing like it right now. Well, especially when you see an electric bike that's a do-it-yourself kit, you can try to put on any bike ever, and it has a, a conveyor motor that puts out 320 foot-pounds right. of torque. My, uh, yeah, my only criticism a, of, the, of the whole show, it was very, very hard to find a quiet area to do the interviews. Yeah. Um, we More tried. so than we last tried year. all the time. Exactly. We tried nonstop. But it was very, very difficult. The music's everywhere, which is great. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and visit and have a good time, it's a wonderful show. If you actually want to go and work like we did, a little trickier, but we had such a good time. So, um, Tor and Tory, yeah, CC Coffee out. Company, it's a great show. It is absolutely unique. And what? And what's her name? Your new friend? 
Oh, uh, Luna. Luna. <laughs> oh, gosh. Was she at the show, Emma? No, she wasn't. Oh. She was at another venue that we visited. <laughs> is this oh, the bagels. part where you oh. were behaving badly? Was it, we got the steaks? No, it was we, a steakhouse, we wasn't it? Yeah, it was a steak. It was, ah, a, we it were, was a steakhouse. Yes. I've heard about the good uh, steaks. I heard the steaks Portland. were really good. Yeah. We behaved More ourselves. More like a roast, roast beef sandwich. Admirably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, a, it was a good weekend. Portland's great. Portland's Once, great. Portland yep. is great. It's it's close enough that it's not a chore getting there. It's far enough away that you ain't in California. It's a very different That's vibe. That's exotic for us. But what a great <laughs> way. It's it's a great start to the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, Ben, you may want to make a mental note. In Portland, if you want a good steak, you go to the Chi-Chi bar. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you to, with with three hundred like with three hundred dollars. Do you, you know what a, the, you know what a Chichi bar? You, you go to the Acropolis. It's called the Acropolis. I could probably assume. <laughs> yeah. No, we okay. didn't, we didn't go that high scale. What, where did we go? The I didn't remember the name. Oh God, it was. Um, I can't even remember the name of the joint. Wherever Phil dragged you, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. yes, exactly. He's an instigator. That one. Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> but no. The best, best, best way. But, I've never you know, seen me, anyone play paper footballs at a strip club yeah, before. But, um, <laughs> no, me and Phil had a good discussion about the one show, and we, we both were just blown away by the standard of the yeah. bikes now. And then, um, as Nock brought up, um, we went to the number two show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Yeah. So what is the number two show? Number two show is put on by a local club, the Flying 15 Motorcycle Club. Hmm. Um, I'm getting, you know, very much in the vein of SFMC or uh, the Dons, you know, just a good, solid local club, serious motorbike so people. So I want to get this straight. They decide to host a show the same weekend as the largest uh, show it, in the Pacific North. Well, there it sounds like a protest. <laughs> well, it, it kind of was and it kind of isn't. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a very different show. Maybe a yeah. little ribbing there. Yeah. Um, there's a little gentle ribbing. The, the number two show is a free show to get in. Yes. Mm-hmm. For a start. Um, obviously, considerably smaller. Most of the bikes was were in one hall. Bikes built to a very, very good standard again. Mm. Um, mostly choppers and cafe racer style. What did you make of it, Jim? I, You know, I, I thought there were some great bikes in there. We were, we were having steak. Yes. Yeah, you had your mind on the stake. But there were there were a couple scooters there too which that, uh, Oh, I walked straight past yeah. those cuz they're of no interest to me at all. But, but there you, were more scooters at the number 2 show than the number 1 at the one show, but they were they were uh, bikes that a friend of mine built. And, oh, very uh, good. Yeah, very cool stuff. Well, all the accounts that I heard said that Bagel, you had the most fun at he, the strip club. Yes, he did. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's what, turning what's, red. What's in the red. Red. Called a gentleman's social club. <laughs> there were there were many dollars that were donated to the So um, we did too, man. You were bank rolling in yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah, basically, me and Phil um, had a whip around amongst everyone there, and we we collected, you know, a good sum, probably a hundred bucks. Yep. And then um, we found this very 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 benevolent looking young lady called Luna, who I've actually continued a friendship with afterwards, and she's great. So we gave her. All this money and just said take bagel away <laughs> bagel bagel came back with glitter on the uh, yeah. inside of his shirt that's yeah. right so she took bagel away into a private room for 20 minutes mm-hmm. oh bagel what happened um things taxes you were discussing tax brackets <laughs> that's right she, discussing her 1099 and, uh, right and and your 401ks and i roth ira was rollover yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so um no it was great we, it was a re- over. it was a really really great weekend 
<laughs> well, Emma, are you still friends with her or are you friends oh. with her? <laughs> oh, yes. no, 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 no. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're friends, friends, darling. We're friends, friends. Words with friends. Yes. <laughs> So, are you going again next year? Oh, good Lord, yes. Staying on the list? I, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, it's become a can't-miss show. Yep. Yeah, I have well, to admit, between AMA Vintage Days and The One Show, those are the two uh, events that I love the most because they're all-encompassing of all it's kinds of bikes. everything. And speaking of the uh, Vintage Motorcycle Days, yeah. guess what I'm doing? What? I'm going to ride there. What? Yep. On the scoot, scoot. On the scoot. Nice. Yep. I'm doing it. Got the time off. You, Approved. You don't want to. Fucking awesome. right, you did. Hell yeah, dude. Yep. You don't want to do it on a proper motorbike. I'm not going to ride it on the passport. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, guess what? Speaking of uh, vintage days. Yeah. It's too early to announce for sure, but. But you're announcing. Are, are you anyway. doing a drop shipment? Offered. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working on us doing a live recording again. Uh, you know what? Because it's, it's going so well in the us back. sitting in the background for like 20 minutes while Phil talks about carburetors. <laughs> because I'm okay with that. I can just sit there and look at everybody I, in the eyeballs I, going, wow, this is kind of wild. I remember the podcast I don't even remember. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, you, you were having a lot of fun that day. But actually, that was a very, very fun time. We did kind of like a Cleveland yeah. Moto and Misfits podcast. And mm-hmm. we were in a room. And um, we got the biggest crowd of the afternoon, I think, with well, us. Well, even though it was raining, but yeah. yeah. So uh, I did offer uh, to do that. And um, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to be discussing and hopefully putting that together. That sounds and, great. And are you still discussing a, a drop shipping a, a fleet of Coleman mini bikes over ask. there, too? Yes. <laughs> yes. That is still many, the plan. How many, how many bikes are you t- thinking of taking? Well, one for me. You would, do you need one? <laughs> well, do you need one, Emma? Paying, that's paying, the plan. That's, what that's the asking, thing. Man. If you need if you need a vehicle to ride there, then you better mm-hmm. uh, you know call Phil and say, hey, I'm sending a Coleman mini bike your way. How much are those? Yeah. Jim, what are they like? Eight, eight hundred? Uh, I think six fifty. Oh, six fifty. Wow. Oh, you, can you get them on Amazon or something? Or? Yeah, get it on Maybe. Amazon. Send it to his store. Oh boy! <laughs> and then the I figure put a pie plate on it and hope to get five, four, five hundred bucks for it at the end of the weekend. Yeah. Mm. I think that's yeah. a deal all the way around. Or a table dance. But the thing <laughs> for me that will be the, the funnest. I mean, we you hear him, you know, Jim ride his. It's like the steampunk version. <laughs> it's of, like a rototiller coming down the road. Yep. And to have a fleet of those? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my heck. And I think fireworks are legal it's, there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know the noise those Coleman makes is oh. biblical. It sounds almost great. like a steam engine. It's like a yeah, call it a Bessemer. I think I'm going to change you can, the throttle to one of those things on the old Briggs & Strat lawnmowers, that little thing you push with your thumb and it stays in <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I want to shift to. You get a 40cc one for 200 89 and it's a sport bike Ooh. <laughs> so ben this is what was at mike's uh holiday party in the backyard there you're on the mud well see this isn't just what was there this is what you have to get right well so he did um, hop on the electric here so oh yeah ben we, we, were, we were having fun today yeah well you guys were having fun i wasn't having as much fun because i was not getting any good news Mm. I'm having some KTM woes. Yes, yes, I know. Keep throwing Keep money. My, I know, no. That <laughs> both of my KTMs have been great bikes. I've loved them, and I've like my Honda 175 gave me more issues. I have a small issue with this bike, but it's a small one that I can't fix. 
Um, and Emma, you tried to help me today with yeah. it. Yeah. The speedometer stopped working. Um, mm. And then I sent away, I bought a new speedometer and KTM will program the odometer for you. And they added like an extra 10,000 miles to it. Uh, I know. Oops. Um, but that didn't fix the problem. And Emma helped me trace all the wiring between, and we replaced the, well, we swapped the sensors. The, the story of your bike is the story of a lot of modern bikes. And it makes diagnosing them especially hard if you don't have access to some pretty sophisticated equipment. Mm -hmm. So the way the KTM works is you have the front wheel sensor and the rear wheel sensor. And all that is is an electromagnetic trigger. One lives on the front wheel, one lives on the back wheel. That feeds straight into the ABS module. And then the signals from that do a variety of things. They enable the ABS to work and basically read the speed of the front wheel, read the speed of the rear wheel, extrapolate it. If it gets out of a certain parameter, it'll either stop the braking on the front of the rear wheel and modulate the pressure. But more importantly, it sends a signal up to the speedo head so it can read the mile per hour. And it ain't doing that. And right. all the components are expensive. Yep. Can I ask a dumb question about yes, that? Yes, please do. So on my ST after a tire change, I yeah. was getting a, an ABS sensor warning. Yes, you and will. And it turned out that the guys didn't tighten down the pinch bolt on the axle in the proper sequence. So the space between the sensor right. and the ring was too big. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. There you I don't go. Know any possibility this is related to yours? No. Um, no. The only thing that happened uh, is I had a battery go low and I mm -hmm. bought, put in a new battery. Okay. And then this happened. So wow. wheel wasn't tight. Um, Liza's bike has got what's called a CAN bus system on, and a CAN bus stands for controller, controller area network, and then just, you know, a bus like a fuse. And the way they work, as simply as I can put it, if you've got one part of the bike that needs to talk to another part of the bike and potentially tell it a hundred different things, your choice is you can put a hundred wires, right. and each wire has a different signal or you can put two wires one of a high resistance one of a low resistance and then send multiple pulses down them almost like morse code and now just with those two wires you can send thousands of different signals and that's basically how a CAN bus works mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure you have a CAN bus problem between the ABS modulator and the speedo head mm. the wires are fine so i think the signal that's being generated in your cdi and then going into the abs is not coming out mm. so uh, you're talking about an abs module which is another expensive bit mm. um my opinion with that bike knowing it's such a common problem just sell it with that problem. Mm -hmm. I know you're determined to fix it, mm -hmm. but without banging your head against the wall, full disclosure, hey, I've got this lovely KTM. It's a wonderful bike. It's got all these bells and whistles. Speedo doesn't work. It's a very common problem. And if you're worried about somebody speeding speeding on it, just get one of those dirt bike when glue a magnet on the front wheel. So 
uh, I feel like having no speedo, no ABS drops the price at least a grand. Mm. So I'd rather spend a grand to get it fixed. You're going to spend more than that. Well, mm. I'm going to try and take it to a shop and hopefully they can do some part swapping. Um, and unfortunately, that's going to be a KTM dealership yeah. who ain't me. Right. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I am insistent on getting this done. Um, oh, good news. I sold a bike. Oh, you did? Cool. I did. What'd you sell? Uh, the DRZ 400. Oh, well hey. done. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? You sold it? I did. No shit. Did you I get 1200 you asked? I got $1,200. That's yeah. what it was worth. Fuck yeah, dude. Was, so, it, was it any of the people who were drinking you around last week? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an incredible story, by the way. This is pretty cool. Okay. Just to, all right. Just to recap. Yes. I've, I've learned some things. Um, I've learned that Knock has a very low tolerance for me and people on Craigslist. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even here right now. I know. 100%. Um, I have always felt like list a bike for what it's worth, the fair price. I don't want to be that person who thinks that their bike is worth a lot more than it is. Mm-hmm. I always feel, list it for what I think is a very like a good deal. I just want to get rid of it. I'm ready to move on. I want it to go to a good home. But I've also learned that nobody wants to pay what you're asking. Yep. And if they pay what you're asking, even if it's a good price, they're a chump, seems to be the thing. <laughs> even when I sold a bunch of bikes for 500 bucks, people are like, I'll give you 200 <laughs> What? No. <laughs> um, so I had quite a few people uh, reaching out to me. Um, you know, 800 bucks. There was one person, and it said in the ad, um, any offers below uh, asking price will be ignored. And somebody said, I'll give you 800 bucks. And I said, I'm sorry, did you read the part of the ad that says all offers below will be ignored? And he said, why are you even responding? So I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> He's like, fair enough. But uh, there was another one. He was like, give you 1,000. No. Uh, 1,100. No. 1,140. Yeah. <laughs> No. I believe I, this was the same cat. Yeah, like, this this is the guy. I know. I said, uh, um, it's really simple. First person to show up with $1,200 gets it. Mm-hmm. And he came back and said, 1180 but I have to borrow money from my mom. <laughs> He's also using do. negotiating tactics like, I'll come get it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a negotiation. <laughs> because because he's having a hard time getting the money. He'll right, come right, get right. it right away. Well, right. I have to drive three hours to come get it. <laughs> that's not my problem either. Um, so he had stopped at 1180, and I was getting all these people lowballing me. I was driving not crazy because I had to respond to each of them, and I was getting crazy. So I raised the price to 1400 Uh-huh. Yep. I finally figured it out. And, and, I broke the code. Right. And you, and he pissed, game, he, he really pissed off that guy who was trying to... Uh, so I raised it to 1400 <laughs> and then I down. messaged him back and I said, just so you know, I raised the price to 1400 so now you'll feel better about paying 1200 mm-hmm. Yeah. And he responded with... Uh, was it? S-T-F-U-P-O-S. Yes. <laughs> Which I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> and uh, I think Bagel had to tell me. I had to translate. And then I, I just responded with... Attaboy. <laughs> and that was it. But what I did have was, um, I actually, I'm going to say um, I'm favoring Facebook uh, Marketplace now. This is the first time I used it. Okay. Um, Craigslist, you got to pay five bucks, not a problem, except when I left the country, I took the ad down. When I came back, I wanted to repost, had to pay $5 again. What? Days later, your ad is down at the bottom. You want to renew it, put it to the top, you got to pay $5 again. Like, ooh, I'm not liking this. Plus, I think with the uh, anonymity 
people are much bigger assholes. Yeah. Um, you know, people not showing up when they make an appointment to come yep. see it. Mm-hmm. On Facebook Marketplace, you could click on their um, profile and see who they are. So I had people like negotiating. I'm like, you're in Honduras. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You're all stalking people. <laughs> I know. Um, but you can see who they are. I think that there's less, because there's less anonymity. And mm. one of the people who had offered me a 1000 um, and I responded with, it's really simple. First person with 1200 gets it. Um and I looked, and he was a uh, local, and he's a teenager. Hmm. Um, and he came back, and he said, um, you know, 1100 I'm like, nope, <laughs> 1200 He said, okay, um, I'm, I'm really, I really want it. Um, can I come, you know, tomorrow night? Sure, you can come tomorrow night. And then uh, the next night, he had an appointment to come, and I haven't heard from him, and I'm like, hey, where are you? And uh, he's like, oh, my car wouldn't start. Um, he mm. goes, can we do this another time? I'm like, sure. But if first person to show up, yeah. money gets it. <laughs> so he said, oh, okay. He hopped on his bike and he rode here from Aptos nice. at night wow. to wow. give me an envelope of money. Holy cow. For a bike he could only guts. see in the dark. <laughs> yeah. So his first lesson is don't don't ever buy a bike in the dark. <laughs> if you're a um, teenager, don't buy motorcycles. <laughs> but you up. know what? This is, a, this is a kid who's been like racing two strokes yeah, and he just wants a bike to ride at Hollister with his friends. Oh, there cool. you go. So he, it's perfect for that. I you know tell that. him, full disclosure, all the things. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll clean the carb and I'll do that. I'm like, great. Uh, you know, the front brake is sticking. Oh yeah, no problem. I'll do that. So, but hey, you know, Parts you can get parts of plenty for these bikes. Pull strong, great bike. And, yeah. and he was give me the bike, motherfucker. Just give me the bike. And I thanked him for being uh, responsive to and communicative, and for showing up. And right. and I sent him the same thing. Hey, I, I raised the price to fourteen hundred, but still twelve hundred for you. And he said, Oh, thank you so much. That is oh, awesome. Cool. So he appreciated. Unlike the other guy. Yeah, unlike the other guy. <laughs> he felt like he was a getting a deal, huh? Right. So, um, yeah. So, uh, TJ came and got it the other night, the and game, he was baby. stoked. Awesome. Right on. So, I'm, I'm glad. I, so, I think I'm going to go with Marketplace from now on. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Good nice. souls deserve good bikes. I hate to say it. I mean, I don't have anything Wise words Craigslist. from a very young man. <laughs> the karma does feel good about being able to tell somebody, hey, here's everything I know that might be, you know, not ideal about the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually compare Craigslist to Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. You think he's going the way of the dodo? No, I'm um, in that I don't have any problem with Craigslist. It's all the people on <laughs> oh, Craigslist. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's very no. apt, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I've yeah, had great luck on Facebook Marketplace. It must seem to work out good. One bike down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still struggling to put the verses up because I went and wrote it this week, and I love it. It's such, you know, you the thing it. is about that verse; it's so damn capable. Yeah, just keep it. You, you'll need it's a, a sweet, a good, all-purpose yeah. bike. It's, it's all right. It's just a question of how much <laughs> love you have, Liza. Do you have enough love for all of your bikes? Liza has no love for anything. <laughs> Sell that versus and get a new one. I I would venture that Liza is not actually capable of that emotion. <laughs> so she's not. Here's. I mean, I love having that bike, but we had such a wet winter, and mm. I don't have enough room in the garage for right. everything, so this bike lives in the tent, and the 
the rotors are were rusting mm, out there. Attacked yep. out there. So I I get to a point where I feel like I can't take care of a bike to the level I it deserves, and my, that's when I decide to sell. My advice to you, Liza, get that KTM out of your life. Mm. Get the KTM out of your life, yep. and then have a very serious thought about what you've got left. Well, I mean, even with the, uh, I mean, I still got. The Africa Twin, which does everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got the KLR for a spare bike. Right. I've got the um, the CRF for a dirt bike and a round right. town street bike. I think the scooter. Should, I think you should consider selling the 250. Ooh. You've never enjoyed that I've bike. I've never enjoyed and it. And if you're going to ride the 250, oh. just ride the, the KLR. Uh, I'm going to hold on to it for now. It's, you know, it's you know it's what? nice having a bike that other people can hop on, too. You know what, Liza? It would be a great bike yeah. for a twisted yeah. road. That's not some like, real first world problems right there. I know, and then I've and I've got my X you know, seven fifty that I never pull out. You so. know, you people are listening to this who are struggling to afford their first bike, I know. and we're like, what I'm saying is, I think I can live with five. Oh my god! <laughs> See, a smart thing that is, that could is, always be yeah. to minimize the amount so you can you can minimize the amount of bikes you have so you can maximize the amount of love you give those bikes. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Wise words. More wise words. Wise words than I number. should <laughs> Shut up. You need six Scott. ADHD makes me yeah. a philosopher, I swear. You, you, you were responsible for the education of this child? To some degree. Okay, Not at good. all. Mostly the informal education. <laughs> okay, yeah. very good. Mostly trust the me, internet. So, trust me, bud, you did nothing. <laughs> oh, wow. No gratitude to you. Old words, young hey, man. Hey, Ben, how you getting home? <laughs> right? Um, it's an Uber Lyft. <laughs> I got yeah. enough cash for a taxi. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think to so. Alameda? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get your education at the bus stop tonight. <laughs> so we, right. we have had a stockpile of emails, and there's some yes. really good yes. ones. Yeah, there good. is. So some bad. I'm going to get to them. And actually, Nock, I gave you one that I, I one. have a response ready for this one. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure oh, cool. you do. And, I do. Uh, I think we have a similar response in regards to this. This is uh, for our, our friend Justin. Uh, on the hey, last- Justin. Hey, Justin. Hi, Justin. Hello. Uh, on the last episode, Diego made a comment that makes me question the safety of electric motorcycles. Oh. He said, "I've been I've ridden motorcycles for thirty years and have had several close calls since I've started riding the live wire. I've had a lot more close calls. Right. Um, listening to that, it made me question the safety of electric bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I questioned the lack of noise coming from electric motorcycles mm-hmm. could lead to more accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saying loud pipes save lives' mm-hmm. may mean more than people think." Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not seen the Virginia State Report. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we talked about the, uh, the Virginia University something report, right? Safety report recently. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious to know if it contains uh, the types of motorcycles involved with the accident statistics. Uh, keep up the good work, Justin. Hey, well, cheers, Justin. All right. I think we're all going to take turns on this. Okay. You go ahead. Um, first of all. Um, many bikes are not loud. You can't just say electric. Mm-hmm. My Versus right. is a very right. quiet bike. Yeah, Honda. You cannot hear most of my um, Japanese bikes. You cannot hear them mm-hmm. coming. So, as for loud pipes save lives, this is something that um, I think it's part truth and part myth. It's a part of a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, it's a, it's a single piece. Um, and you can justify it if you want, and you can also shoot it down if you want. And both are equally valid. Mm-hmm. Well, but, my R65 can hardly get out of its own way on the freeway, but 
I think the noise helps when I'm in traffic on that bike. When people can hear you coming and you're splitting lanes, yeah. as right. people often say, mm-hmm. yes, you can you can hear that bike coming. Um, and people do get out of the way. Assuming you know, traffic is going super slow and you have the t- sound as time to carry forward in front of you, yeah. Right, sure. you know. but I think visibility is mm-hmm. a yes. bigger part of this. So yep. here's where I'm, I'm going to jump in. I wasn't here last week because I was suffering from coronavirus and freeway. Don't say that. Don't say and, that. And freeway madness. The vapors. Yes, the vapors. <laughs> so I was sick, but the gentleman who was on the live wire, I did actually notice something that he was very, very dark in clothing. Mm-hmm. His yeah. bike was very, very dark in clothing. And the live wires are really quite slim. Yep. The frontal area of that bike, it's not got a massive area. And the headlight's quite small. And I think that's a factor as well. Yep. Did you see his Tron helmet or pictures of it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's got a light up like uh-huh. traces on his helmet, like a big circuit board. Which yeah. is pretty because cool. of that visibility issue. Right. But yeah. that's actually details. Yeah. That's actually your detail, and that will certainly help you at night. Yes. Statistically, I mean, bikes are more visible at night because there's a big, there's a headlight you can focus on. Our problem mm-hmm. a lot of times is during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a great article I saw on um, somewhere on the internet, whereas an Australian policeman's holding up a pen. Yep. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. And there's a motorcycle mm-hmm. hidden behind the pen, yeah. scorching down the road. Quick. Exactly. Yep. So this is the kind of target that we're dealing with. Um, my RF 900 is very quiet. It's got a giant stock muffler on it. But what I have on it, I've got this just like asphalt burning 250 watt sodium headlight. Hmm. Yeah. And... Do people pull out in front of me? Yes. But when I've got that thing on high beam, especially when I'm lane splitting, it's like parting the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. Um, So people do notice that. You've really got a bright colors, big headlight, loud pipes, I think, are a factor. But they're not everything. But you know what? Loud pipes are also annoying. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And they give a lot of um, other motorcyclists a bad rap. There's diminishing returns of how loud they are. I threw those IA Megatron LED lights in the ST, and I notice a difference on how I'm splitting. The, the, The problem we're facing now as bikers is prevailing traffic is getting quieter. Yeah, and you can observe this for yourself. Where it doesn't matter whether you're in England, doesn't matter whether you're in uh, here in America. If you see a car go past from thirty years ago, you're like, "That's loud!" Right. Yeah. And it's this, it's not just the big rumbling American cars. If you're back home in England and like an Escort Mexico goes past, you're like, "Dang, that thing's loud!" Cars are getting quieter. So if you've got loud pipes on your bike. You're drawing more attention to yourself than even 20 or 30 years ago when the rest of the traffic was quieter. And there is the annoying factor. You know, we've got to justify our existence. I think it's time to bring whistle tips back. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa! (laughs) But I also wanted to mention another thing about electric vehicles that uh, I think is it does add to the risk is the fact that they are so damn quick. The torque. Now, 
I think that's a great thing. I love it. But the problem is that other people on the road are not expecting that. They're expecting an infernal combustion machine coming mm-hmm. plodding down the road at a you know ex- at a, a, a certain accelerating pace of acceleration. When you come up on a quiet quiet electric vehicle that is making no noise and comes up more suddenly than they're ex- expecting, mm-hmm. that is a is something that 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 drivers are not going to be ready for right. a lot of the times. So you do need to be aware of that and and keep your speed you know in check because of that so yeah in summary if you have a bike that is quiet you know uh or quieter than most then you can compensate with visibility mm-hmm. it's, so, so there's yeah. no reason to not ride like one. i say it's one piece of the jigsaw i don't want to shoot down anybody and say loud pipes don't save lives mm-hmm. i think it's part of the puzzle it's not all of the puzzle it it certainly it can help you. It can hinder you a lot as well, and it can hinder motorcycling as a whole if they're super loud. Yeah, mm-hmm. but my take is, uh, uh, you know, loud pipes may get you noticed, but knowing how to ride a motorcycle will most likely save your life. Yeah, there you right. go. So always. Make Wise words done. from Knock. Well Remarkable. Have my moments. Uh, Emma, you have one there. I have one here from Matt. Hey, Matt. Hello. Matt is hello, misfits. I'm emailing from a very wet and windy Yorkshire, England. Ah. <laughs> um, Is that where they make the pudding? So yes. Yeah, where they make the pudding, darling. <laughs> no, Yorkshire's a lovely place. Um, dark satanic mills. Mm. Yeah. It appears I'm the ultimate cliché. At 40, uh. I've had the obligatory midlife crisis Uh-oh. and decided to fulfill the childhood dream and take my motorbike license. Mm. My previous passion had been scuba diving. Mm. And although I've been lucky enough to dive in some amazing places all over the world, the waters off the UK are bloody freezing. That's mm. largely true, you know. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was looking for a new challenge that was hands-on, technical and social. Bikes are definitely it. A couple of neighbours and a friend took me under their wing and fine-tuned my road skills. Uh, but what comes in equal measure is piss-taking and banter. <laughs> For those who don't understand the, the great British tradition of, <laughs> taking, part of, the the sport. <laughs> of taking the piss, because there's a lot of people who don't understand what taking the piss is. Yeah. And they kind of think that Brits are cruel. So taking the piss is basically making fun fun of somebody is the easiest way to describe it but the thing you have to understand about a british person i'm included in this before you take the piss out of anybody else you take it out of yourself Mm. so if if you're all sort of full of yourself and like i'm the greatest thing in the world you don't get to take the piss Ah. if you if you regard yourself as a complete idiot like i do and carrying on this family tradition of a knobhead as it were a a bloody knobhead you piss taker um and you know idiots through the ages i mean we had village idiots in medieval times you know um you're allowed to take the piss because you're taking the piss out of yourself first. So there you go. So right. taking the piss and banter. Uh, my first bike was a Honda CBR600F. Oh, that's a very good bike. Wow, well, wait. What? A tier, first bike? Isn't you, Can you have one of those? Well, no, he probably, did the, he probably teared up with rentals, uh, oh. um, which okay. you can do. Dependable, quick, but not stupid. 
um, and very much a do-everything road bike. Yeah, I agree with that. They're a, they're a bit kind of crouchy. Yeah, a bit crouchy for me. Um, in the meantime, I've stripped down a 1980 Honda CX500, which was an on-runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very proud of myself as I completely rebuilt the engine, including... The stator and the CDI. Well, that's probably better than a job than Honda. Did. I'm just curious. A bit crouchy. Is that how you would describe Luna Bagel? Bit crouchy. <laughs> was she a bit crouchy, Bagel? Mm, I'm not sure that would be the right word. <laughs> was she expansive, darling? Mm. <laughs> not sure okay. That's the right word either. He, right, he, just, made, about, he just made uh, his mustache look like a seat. <laughs> limber. Is limber the word? Yes. Could she throw it back? <laughs> I, right. She was terribly proud of her bottom. Mm. Bagel, does she take the piss? Mm, okay, no, moving on. No, 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 no. <laughs> she, t- she takes the money, though. But <laughs> so, back to the CX500. Yeah. This is a motorbike Love podcast, it. you know. Um, the engine now gently burbles away on the bench beautifully, and I can't wait to, to get it back in the bike. Ooh, lovely jubbly. I've recently swapped my CBR for a Honda CB1300. Oh, my God, that's a big <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, as I wanted to try out a big four. It's a heavy beast, but so comfortable and surprisingly agile on the twisted. CB1300 is a logical development of the CB1000 mm-hmm. from the early 90s. And I was one of the first people in England to own one. Um, they are wonderful bikes, but fuck me, they're big. Did you it- know anybody with an XJ13? Uh, no, they came after, A little bit later? Yeah, a little okay. bit later. XJ13, you know... It's arguably the prettiest of the lot. Yeah. The best of the lot. God, I'm going to upset the, the some ZX, people. Right? No. The Z-Rex, no. No. Mm. GSX 1400. Oh, mm. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. Wonderful thing. Uh, mm. Fast as fury. Mm-hmm. Um, bit like a bandit on steroids. Mm. Anyway, oh. I digress. So my question to the Misfits is about their first bikes and brand loyalty. I've become a Honda poster boy without realizing it! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. What were your first bikes and have you stayed loyal to that brand? Are you bike tarts or faithful to your mistresses? <laughs> Warm regards and please send some us Brit some of that California sunshine. Yours a little bit moist. Matt P.S. My up the butt bike would be a 1967 Norton Commando 750. Mm. A boy mm. can dream, can't he? Mm-hmm. So that would really be the pre-production one, which came in silver with a bright orange seat and large green spots all over it. I have one in what? the room here. Yeah. So. Weird. Yeah, no, nice. it, it actually it wasn't as gruesome as it sounded. Mm. Very much a prototype, but mm. yeah, absolutely jolly. So, um, you know what, Matt? I mean, I'll address this. I've, In terms of Japanese bikes, when I look back on my... 42 years on motorbikes right now i keep coming back to suzuki's Mm. now whether i would say i'm loyal to them or not i just like the way they screw together and it's very familiar to me it's like putting on a pair of slippers yeah um get that however and i've never made a secret of this much as i love japanese bikes and i love italian bikes and i'll say it i love harleys too my heart's always with English bikes, always, and always will be, because they're, a mu- they're as much a part of me as the colour of my hair and, you know, who I am. It's like, yeah. So my first bikes were the Honda 
Trail 70. Yes. The Honda CB360T. Yes. And then the Honda CX500. So Honda's all. And what's your newest bike? Uh, Honda mm-hmm. Twin, I forget Twin. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I'm not... <laughs> and before that was a Honda but, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I've had a lot of other bikes. Sure. Um, no, I don't think I'm a brand loyalist. I think that Honda's just of that era. Mm-hmm. They were really reign supreme. Mm-hmm. In the, the All those bikes were from the 70s. Yep. Yeah. Every one of those. They were really right. There was a supreme. time when Honda was a fuck nuts crazy motorcycle company. They would come out with a bunch of crazy shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. because Honda you know. regarded everyone as a potential customer, so yeah. they're going to make yep. a bike for you. Yep. And if if you ride Japanese bikes, sooner or later you will own a Honda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But like, I have not yet. Um, well, I technically I owned the Triumph Tiger Cub, but never rode it. But I've never owned a a running triumph i really want to it's mm-hmm. high on my list um i like trying different things so no i wouldn't say i'm a loyalist i really do like them across the board yeah well my my first bike was a heinkel and i still own it, still for, have it. i still own it 33 years later so i guess that's pretty loyal huh is that the he one 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 no that was the the he 103a2 schwinger Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, okay. Yep. Tra-la-la. Jim, what was the first bike you bought? Uh, Honda Nighthawk 250. What was the last bike you bought? Uh, Honda CRF 1000. But it just happens say, to be. I, I buy the bikes I can afford, not yeah, the bikes exactly. I want. Although yeah. I do say, and I, I lean towards Japanese fuel injection because, you know, maintenance and everything else. And you can't beat it. I put it to you that your favorite bike right now is actually your FZ1. It, without a doubt. Mm. I tell you that. And I, I got a bunch of Yamahas, too. But um, again, Japanese bikes I think are great. But the FC one, the, the thrust, rips. the thrust of that thing. That, yeah, I tell you, <laughs> oh my you ever, God! You, you talk about and Emma said this that leader bikes are intoxicating. That bike yeah. is intoxicating to mm-hmm. ride. But yeah, if, it, if yeah, the bike that doesn't leave me on the side of the road, right. that's my. Favorite. And I'm I'm <laughs> at my worst when I'm on a liter bike because I I'll just wind that throttle open and my eyes roll back in my head and I <laughs> see <laughs> red and all logic and proportion well, like, goes yeah, out the window. About Liza talking about. About drag race and me and knock him on a super hawk and my own fc1 it's like no there's no way not you do not stand a chance not <laughs> oh, on his against his on fc fc1 Wait, oh no absolutely and my not. africa twin oh good not yeah, even twin, close no. Liza. No, no dude yeah no Liza, way hundred i will bet you shrimp oh yeah it's on a pitcher full of shrimp 100 the biggest issue that jim would have is traction it's just because you've got 160 yeah. horsepower. But I have efficiency. It'll, it, matter. It'll, it'll be the first. It'll be the first couple hundred feet because that because you don't nah. have a clutch. That's as soon as that back tire digs in on Jim, you're toast. Knock. You don't have any brand loyalty, do you? Do no, you I'm what you call a tart. <laughs> so uh, a bike tart. But um, no, I <laughs> actually go for specific models of bikes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the Superhawk is a happenstance. It was cheap and it was cool. And it was a you know pretty interesting, mm-hmm. neat bike. And it's like, and I needed a bike at the time. Oh, it's a weird Honda cult bike. Got that one. You're Honda heavy too, though, huh? Yeah, yeah you are. A, and the XR was because like, oh, I heard this is no, a wait, cool. He's got two Cowies, two Hondas. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. You, you yeah. got the Locus. Mm-hmm. And the Locus was cheap. 
And what's the other Kawi? Uh, is the uh, he's got a versus a versus that's in pieces Project. right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Scott, how about you? What was your first bike? Uh, first bike was a Yamaha seventy-seven RD four hundred. That's a great I mean, bike. Probably that. Well, it's a terrible first bike. It's a really <laughs> tall first gear and a kickstart only. Yeah. Right. But I learned a lot really quickly. Right. Uh, the way I was going to put it is, uh, I've had a lot of Yamahas and they're really easy to get. I've had fewer Hondas and they've been more faithful to me. You know what? I'm going right. to go back to. I think this is a great suggestion for for young people who want to get into riding. Their first bike has to be a Kickstarter. You know what? There's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> I like I like that. I like no. that. <laughs> I thought you like weird and unique bikes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Something vintage. It will look more vintage if you kick it, even if it's a dual yeah, start. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, so thanks for the great email, Matt. Ben, you have an email there to read? Yes, I do. This is from a different Matt. Hey, different Matt. <laughs> Hello, misfits. First things first. I was born and raised in Swords, Ireland, and have lived in Wichita, Kansas for almost 15 years. Figure that accent out. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> My first bike was a 67 Norton Ranger my dad had in a shed for probably 20 years before I rebuilt it and rode it to death. Mm. After moving to the U.S., I got a Triumph Street Triple. I loved the bike, but I was hit by a car on foot and was told I would never be able to ride again. That was nine years ago, and six months ago, my doctor cleared me to ride again. Oh, fantastic. I picked up a 2015 Yamaha Bolt the day after Christmas, Mm -hmm. and I've been commuting on it ever since. Cool. Congrats on getting back. (laughs) I could not find saddlebags that fit well and were waterproof or lockable, Mm. so I made a set of .50 cal ammo can saddlebags that work great. Now Perfect I have bolt, a too. question for Miss Emma. Hello, what is darling. your opinion on lithium-ion batteries? Are they worth it? No, also, no, no. <laughs> mm. Okay, there you go. Also, also going to be needing tires soon, so suggestions are most welcome. Okay. So okay, wait, he's not done. Keep oh, reading. No. Emma, you you had we'll, something. We'll, we'll circle back. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, reading. we'll circle back. Liza, I want to thank you for all your hard work yeah. in making the podcast. Listening to your sexy You're voice welcome. is one of the few things Ooh. that gets me through my work Ooh. day. Wow. Ooh, uh, Ooh. Ride safe, Matt. P.S. Fuck knock. <laughs> there it is. Um, there it is. All right. That so, comes from me as well. <laughs> now he's properly trained in. That's my boy. So I'm going to address this thing with lithium ion yeah. batteries because a lot of people, ooh, lithium ion batteries. Oh, they make really good volcanoes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Honda have actually, and this was an extremely big deal, for 2020 are offering their first bike with a lithium-ion battery oh, in it. Oh, wow. And it's taken them that long. But that battery's only available as a Honda part number. Hmm. And that speaks volume. So there's a couple of, couple of things with lithium-ion batteries you need to know before you take the plunge. The first is they are cripplingly expensive. Hmm. Crippling. Three times the cost of a conventional battery for a marginal weight gain. That in itself, you know, some people like spending money on their bikes. And you you have to have a special charger. Right. Now we get into the other things about lithium-ion batteries. They don't work well when you are trying to push charge into them quickly or pull it out quickly. Mm. They prefer a stable environment like in a cell phone where they discharge very gradually and they're charged up very gradually ah you say well no hang on a minute my lithium ion charger 
puts it in at a very low rate of charge. And that is true. But your bike doesn't. Mm-hmm. Especially your bike starter. will go... Exactly. Yeah. You hit the starter on your bike and you're pulling a lot of amps out of that battery. Now the bike starts. It's at idle. You're at like 12.1, 12.2 volts. You blip it, it's gone straight up to 14 because that's what bikes do. Mm-hmm. All the time your lithium-ion batteries go, <gasps> hang on a minute. And... On top of that, to properly charge a lithium-ion battery, you'll notice that there's the two terminals, but there's a little plug in the middle mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. six wires on it. Yep. And that's how you properly charge a lithium-ion battery. You charge each individual cell mm-hmm. up to two, one, two, two volts, each cell. So my advice is... For a motorcycle, I'm going to sound like the choir again. Buy the best battery for your bike, which is means either a Yuasa or the OEM battery. Now, Yamaha, instantly a Bolt comes with a GS battery, which is the other Japanese manufacturer, and they're, they're pretty good. But you can't beat an MF maintenance-free U.S. a battery, you can mount it anyway, it's not going to spill, it's a quality battery, it can take the quick discharge, the quick charge up that your bike's going to do, and it's going to be less than half the price of the lithium-ion for a, for a pound weight gain. So I'm going to say that there's two instances where you do want to use them. That is on a custom bike when you have to mount the battery sideways or upside down or Which something you can, like that. You can do that you with can an do. MF. So when yeah. you're building a custom bike and you're tucking it in the tail or something. Or two, when you when weight matters, like if it's a race bike or right. something. So those are the two cases where those batteries are worth the the. But for something like a regular street bike, no. For something like a Bolt? No. 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 Do not bother. No. It's going to cause you more headache than... Really, right. you think? One hundred percent. Just get yeah. standard and then, battery. What was the other question on there? Was it about tires? tires. Um, Rear. Yeah. So a bolt's got an odd size. A, a bolt for people who haven't seen one. It's kind of a. Uh, yeah, I'd call it a power cruiser. It's Metzler. Kind of, yeah, like Metz. Eight eighties. Is that what they were? Yeah. Those are great. So I think what it's size tires? Are they? Yeah. It's got a nineteen on the front. Oh, I want to say it's got a sixteen or a fifteen on the back. It's definitely a cruiser. Mm-hmm. So a mm, set of yeah. set of ME eight eighties. Yeah. Um, or a marathon on the back, an 880 marathon, which hasn't got a center line, so they last a bit longer. Um, you know, any of the European manufacturers yeah. are going to do, do going to do a great tire for that bike. But Metzler's I like, um, Avon's I like mm-hmm. very, very much. Um, I think Cobra do a nice. And I think there were some Pirellis that were good for those too. Yeah. So really, you know, just whichever ties you but like. Those Messlers—they've been—they've been for they've decades. Been around, they've been yeah, really yeah. proven. Right. Good. I think uh, doesn't Pirelli own Metzler oh. or something like that? I thought they own that. So Metzler. actually, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I don't know if the engineering's the same, but like they're under the same umbrella or something like that. Right. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same as Dunlops now. Yeah. If you buy a pair of Dunlops, particularly the five ninety ones, they may have been made by Dunlop. They may have been made by Goodyear, mm-hmm. but they've all got the Dunlop name on them. Yeah, it's just hard to get a really shitty tire these days. Even like, the budget ones are decent enough. Yeah, yeah. true that. All right, we've got time for one more, and this is a good one. Yes. Pay attention. 
Uh, this is an email from Scott Martin. Hey, hey Scott. Scott Martin, or is it Martin Scott? Uh, I believe it's Scott Martin. <laughs> Two and, first names. Yes, and he says, uh, I'm going to be riding across the country this summer. Oh, are you now? Yes, to raise money for Mission 22, a charity dedicated to fighting veteran suicide. Mm. The cool. ride will span over 2,800 miles. Good from, Lord. From July 12th to the 18th, with meetups and rides every day along the route. As one of, my, of the biggest motorcycle podcasts, I was wondering if you would help me promote the, this event. Please feel free to visit my website or contact me for more info. And the website is sandycreekmanor.com slash warrior, all lowercase. And uh, that, again, was from Scott Martin. So thank you, Scott, for letting us know. Uh, anybody who's interested, please go again to sandycreekmanor.com slash warrior. And those dates, again, were from July 12th to the 18th. Um, Coming up. It doesn't say exactly where the ride is going from or to, but I'm sure that's on the website. And uh, this is going to be right around the same I mean, time as... Checking it out right and now. And please get involved in this. The um, instances of suicide amongst vets is incredible it's appallingly high yes it's a big um, deal. Yeah. It, it is a very very big deal so anybody who's supporting this cause is okay in my book yeah visit the website get involved get stuck in ride with scott this is great yes and 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 as a reminder to yeah to everyone uh if you if you have thoughts of suicide please please seek help uh there is help out there there is hope uh there are people here who are there for you alternatively if you know somebody who you feel is kind of on the edge reach out to them yes because yeah. for someone who is suffering from mental health issues it may be difficult for them to reach out yes. so and keep tabs on your buddies you know what I mean? and if you're listening to this appalling rubbish we put out and are contemplating suicide don't worry the show's nearly over <laughs> and i have one final final announcement yes it is that time of year again it is that time where we are designing our new shirts. Ooh. And everyone on Patreon who supports us with $5 or more a month is going to get a t-shirt <gasps> shipped to them for free. Nice. Oh, cool, blimey! Awesome. That's right. So, just a reminder, uh, go to um, motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You'll see our link for Patreon to support us. And if you're name is on that list when we have these t-shirts ready and maybe i think in the next month i'm hoping um you're five dollars or more you will get a t-shirt shipped to you that is free shipping free Can't t-shirt. Be that deal. and every year i do a new t-shirt so it's limited and um knock uh, i've been throwing around some ideas with knock oh boy he's help gonna help me i hope Free design service. Um, I think you should, you should <laughs> let so, listeners do the design. But no, I've got, a, I've, I've, got a, I've got a theme I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah? Well, and yeah. The, there's, a, there's a reason why our T-shirts look so good is that Nock has a proper job, and you're actually a graphic artist, aren't you, Nock? I He's graphic, neither, right. neither confirm or deny these <laughs> Rumors. allegations. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say that the theme is going to be vintage. Vintage inspired? Vintage inspired. Is it going to be a monkey on a motorbike? It is now. It's a monkey on a cheeky monkey. A cheeky monkey on a monkey. It's a cheeky monkey on a Honda monkey. There you go. Oh, I like that. There you go. But that's not Emma, you can't give the one with the least brain cells good ideas. How do you mean cheeky? Sorry to throw you under the bus, Knock, but I mean, come on. We know it's true. Do we give you a 
pass since you're new here. You better be careful. Oh, Knox, yeah, Knox gonna open a can of whoop ass in yeah, the garage when this podcast there, over. There was that whole hey, taking. He can't like, do that because I know judo and I will kick your ass. I'm a, I'm a, I have yeah, a pistol. Yeah, but you break very easy. <laughs> yes. No, I don't. All the scars. He, look, he looks breakable. I know Mexican judo. You don't know what I got. You don't know what I got. Nothing about me. Inner circle judo. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You're from the. Max from the Modelo clan. <laughs> I've been like waiting 20 years to use that one. So. Uh, nice. Try taking my Toshi. I'll take you down. Oh Come on. Oh, you can work it out later, guys. Uh, thanks to uh, Susan Carpenter for coming on yeah, and sharing great. her story. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And for uh, Scott and Ben for coming and, and, and being a part of that, too. You know, we do need to keep making new riders, but um, I think it's more important, you know, making responsible riders. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and yeah, and let them go free and not worry about them. So hopefully by this point you guys have done your job and have made responsible riders. Or at least Good skilled stuff. riders. <laughs> Dragging young kids least. into the scene and then seeing them getting hooked is kind of cool. Yeah. There you go, there you go. Um, so thanks again also to all of our listeners and our Patreon subscribers. Um, you know, we keep doing this because, you know, we, we love it. Yeah. We, we love that you guys... Are Send us emails and responses and cans of beans. And and we love that you we love, love it. it. We love it. So, um, awesome. oh, we got, oh, I'm not even going to say, we got some cool guests coming up next few weeks. I'm so excited. Ooh. And next week, next week, Jim and I are going to get our asses kicked. Yes, you are. Oh. We are. Jim and I are going to go do training with Jocelyn Snow on oh, the big bikes. Oh, wow. Awesome. I'm scared. Training. I want to ride over the car. So, um, she has a teeter totter, and it's a real full size teeter totter. Yeah. So that would mean I'm running the garage tomorrow. She's like next bike week, Yoda, week. isn't she? Like Which small and means powerful. Which mm-hmm. you will all do exactly as I say. Yes, boss. Ooh. Sounds about right. Yes. Ooh. Thank you. A spanking. A spanking. <laughs> well, and happy birthday to you too. As yeah, well. thank you, darling. Thank you. Happy birthday. I mean, I don't mind sharing. I'm 58 years old today, mm. and I can kick. And I can stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, it's all gone quite quickly, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. can, I still f- inside, I still feel like I'm 21. I'm like fucking hell, I'm 58. That's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. But mentally and emotionally, you prove that every week. Well, thank you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think it's time to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone. This is Liza. Fuck your mom. <laughs> Bagel. Happy birthday to me, darling. Happy birthday to her, yes. <laughs> it's got Nigga Jim. And we're out of here. Cool, cool, cool. cool.